they're a real canceled stamp. I don't know. Oh. I'm I'm looking up uh, old slang terms. Now. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one would be a basically a wallflower is a canceled stamp. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And someone who's uh, always smiling is a giggle mug. I like that one. Uh, I like the fact that it's an insult for someone who's cheerful. Yeah. Hey, giggle mug. Yeah. Hey, giggle mug. Not for the smiling. More what are y'all Twitter pated and pang wangle? Well, I'll tell you something. <laughs> the bank's closed. <laughs> So take your happy cabbage, and you better know your onions. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get uh, let's get some silence. Okay. And let's get this ball rolling, like they used to say in the 1930s. Hi everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And I'm Ian Boothby. And Ian? Yeah, Dave, what's up? Uh, you were lucky. You got to host episode 444. So lucky. Which is pretty great. <laughs> I get to I get to host the less less excitingly named 445, which is just like, what does that mean? Nothing. It's nothing. It's not even an interesting number. It's, it's five away from... Uh... Uh, four fifty, which is a very exciting time. That is true. That's five. five I guess in, if you're thinking in terms of like how exciting counting in you know multiples of ten or divi- divisibles of ten, then five five away from four fifty is pretty exciting. I was thinking you uh, before you started the show, you said to me off, and I hope I'm not spilling any beans here. Uh-oh. But you said to you said to me, uh, let's get the ball rolling. Yes, and that made me think. Oh, uh, it made me think immediately of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I thought like. Oh, they really get the ball rolling when they get the ball rolling in that movie, <laughs> right? It's like it's all atmosphere set up, and yeah. then it's like the ball is rolling, and then it never stops rolling. The movie just keeps uh, going along. Yeah, their plan, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg's plan to make a movie that was only the exciting parts of a movie was pretty successful. Mm-hmm. There's not uh, a lot of fat on that film. Nope, that's the kind of thing that we would talk about if uh, this was fansplainers, but we're not <laughs> fansplainers. We're a completely different podcast. We're allowed to talk movies here. Coincidentally, with the two of the same hosts, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. And now, if you're interested in fansplainers, mm-hmm. we have a new episode out all about The Princess Bride. So if you are a fan of The Princess Bride, we invite you to check out fansplainers. Because if you're a fan of The Princess Bride, it's inconceivable that you wouldn't listen to that episode. There you are. I I, uh, I think I think I dodged a bit of a bullet um, uh, because I wanted to see this movie Artemis Fowl. Okay, Disney, it's on Disney Plus. See it. it's opening today, yeah, I think. Was, yeah, no. Uh, here I'll tell you more about that. Okay. Uh, I was going to see it in theaters, and I was like, oh, okay, let's see this. This might be fun. Yeah. Because I'm a I'm a fan of because it looked to me like it looked to me like, and I don't know the book series. I've heard good stuff about the book series. Yeah. But like uh, what I've heard, what I, what I thought from the trailer was like, oh, he's like a kid spy. And I like kid spy movies for some reason. I'm like, that sounds fun. It looks like there might be a supernatural element to it. That's also okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Sure. sure. Let's uh, see what's, what's that. And then unfortunately, you know, the, uh, the, the plague hit us all and <laughs> movies went away and sure. it's like, well, I guess I'm not going to see that, but then, Hey, it's going to be on Disney plus. Well, I have Disney plus this works out great for me. And I thought, you know what's going to be good? I could say to Dave, uh, maybe we should see this movie because it's like a new movie that's coming out. Yeah. And there you are. So I watched it last night. Holy shit, it's bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, not only not only bad, not oh, only really bad, yeah. but also just like, 
I just kept turning to Pia. We we just kept looking at each other, and uh, Pia is my wife, and she's very intelligent. Yeah. And I think I've I've watched a movie or two. Mm-hmm. We just kept turning to each other and just going, "What the hell is going on? <laughs> what the hell is going on? We were in a mansion. Now we're in the center of the earth. Huh. Now there's a now there's some sort of time dome. Is she a fairy? What is that? Who's is that? Judy Dench. What's she doing? Why is she doing this? What's happening? Well, she's like, she, she was in Cats. Let's not let's not say Judy Dench is right, ma- making right, great choices. Make, you know, which now makes it the second worst movie she was in this year. <laughs> sincerely, sincerely. Well, this this does sound like a fan explainer's uh, episode. No, 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 no. Because no, you can't I, explain it. I think no, we no, should. No, no, I think no, no, we no. should uh, do this one. This no, no, great. no, 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 no. You can't. That's the problem. This is why I'm saying we dodged it. Because when we do fan explainers, what we do is yeah. we go. Okay, we do a little uh, overall description of how we sure, felt about the sure. film. Yeah. And, and maybe we talk a little bit about some background of the film. Like, you're like, Kenneth Branagh is the director. Yeah. Well, yeah. I enjoy some Kenneth Branagh movies, I would say. Mm-hmm. We'd go, we talk about like uh, Dead Again or whatever that movie was. <laughs> uh, we, talk about, we talk about Thor. Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, all the, the other movies. These are Shakespeare movies. And we go, like, that guy's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we get into the movie and we'd have to describe the plot. And I just have to give up. I just have to give up and just go, I don't know. And then we go to Wikipedia and I'd probably like look at the plot and just go, not helpful. Not helpful at all. I still don't know what's going on. Nope, nope, nope. No idea. Was There's a little girl character who's in it. Um, not the, okay, there's two little girls. One is an elf. I'll tell you that much. I guess. Uh, but like a mechanical elf. I don't know. What the fuck is going on? And then there's, but then there's another girl. And and this this girl and they they set her up as like she is a master of the martial arts. Oh, well, this is going to be handy for when the fight goes down. Yeah. And I swear she just vanishes for almost all of the movie and then pops up every so often and does nothing. And you're like, who's she? Why is she here? Where'd she go? Is she anything? What's happening? It was just so confusing. You know, oh lordy! I, I got to tell you right now, this is cards on the table. Dave being honest for a change. Uh, I'm not a big fan of. Um... I'm not a big fan of Kenneth Branagh. Oh, you're not? No, not really. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I can't think of too many films that he's made that I that I rate very highly. And I know he's made well, some Shakespeare ones, and we should automatically rate those highly because they're they're Shakespeare. But you know what? Everyone does that. Did Every, you not like Mel Gibson? Okay. Did that? So that is true. He did a better job than Mel Gibson. No, I don't. So, it's not that he, I think he's a bad actor. I think he's a he's a fine actor. That is fine. I really like him yeah. in, in, in that one Woody Allen movie. Where a celebrity like, is great in that movie. What were, yeah. you, what were you thinking with that choice? Oh, boy. Like, just straight out doing a Woody Allen impression. Not a good call there, buddy. <laughs> but it's a good movie. Uh-huh. And he did, I, thought, I, thought he did, I thought that was a I – li- I really liked that movie. But I think in terms of, like, what he's directed, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of uh, – like, I didn't like Dead Again. Peter, oh, I love Dead Again. Peter's Friends is awful. Okay, yeah. Peter's Friends is not very good. I'll uh, give you – and I can't think of much more that uh, he's done. I didn't, I didn't like Thor. The, okay, I uh, didn't like Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. Nope, didn't like that movie. <laughs> okay, what did you think of um, Murder on the Orient Express? Uh, that film killed. No, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I didn't see that, that movie. Was fine. Is that, that right? Was yeah. fine. It's star-studded. It's, fine. it's star-studded, but it's then star- again, Artemis Fowl it's, is star-studded. It's, it's a play. It's, it's a play. It's, it's a, just as... It, well, it's a it's book, a actually. It's a book, but yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, what I'm saying is the movie is a play. Oh. It's basically, 
the way it's treated, uh, it all could be basically a play aside from like one yeah, the, the, like sort of special effects scene of sure. you know, some a train going in some snow. Aside from that, there's nothing in the movie that you could not have on a stage. Yeah, that doesn't I don't know, that just doesn't do it for me. I, I need I need uh yeah. Yeah. I don't so know you like, Swans. You, you like Dead I Again. Don't know hey? Swans oh, I love Dead Again. Wow. That is uh that's just such a like I saw that at the Stanley Theater here in Vancouver. Okay. And it was it was a film that got more reaction than I've seen. Oh gosh, I can't even think of like another movie that got that much reaction. Maybe it was just the audience I was with. Yeah, I saw it in home video, so maybe maybe I I saw it the wrong way. I guess. Yeah, it was like gasping and craziness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's just a little thing that happens in there. And again, it's been it's been many years since this movie happened. And yeah. this doesn't really tell you much about the movie. But Derek Jacobi's in it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm a huge fan of I, Claudius. And I was watching a lot of I, Claudius probably around then. And then uh, at one point, he does a stammer in it. And it's like, oh, it's a tribute to the I. There you <laughs> go. He's doing his little I, Claudius bit. And they're like, woo. And there's enough people in the audience that also were, were on board with that and mm. I was like ah they all they all they all went for it. He's 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 very competent. He doesn't bring too much to things except Dead Again. He just went crazy. Um <laughs> but it's it's a Hitchcock pastiche, right? Dead Again, that's how I remember it anyway. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I could I could see I could see that. Like the sure. like the bravura camera stuff is is just sort of him hitchcocking it up so yeah i gotta see it again i like i might yeah. not like it now maybe i maybe i should too i you know i, I don't I, like i say i saw it i think i saw it on home videos so probably not the best way to see it uh there's that bill pullman film this is to almost completely unrelated but just <laughs> just in terms of like effect there's this bill Ful, Pul, uh bill phil no wait bill pullman film sorry uh i think it's called revenge does that make sense okay Something like that. So I'm gonna name it like that, and where it's like a, it's like a you know, uh, movie with like a twist in it, right? And when the twist happens, I saw it in the theater, and the twist happens, like it really it was impactful because you're with all these people who are just kind of like, what? You can just feel everyone in the audience go like, huh? And I guess that does help sell a film a bit more than when you're just sitting in your, you know, in your living room on a couch watching a movie. Yeah, it was a good yourself. one. Like. I remember very clearly watching, like, around the same time, uh, maybe it wasn't around the same time, but I, I just remember the experience being similar to watching The Rocketeer at, uh, the, at the Stanley Theater as well. And that was another movie that people were just, wow, and they were on board with. Oh, and it was such a great yeah. old-timey theater to see that kind of movie in. See, there was another one. Like, I didn't really like The Rocketeer that much, but... I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on home video. So maybe, mm. maybe you know, that's on me. Like, I didn't see it in the, you know, and that's probably is on me because that's a movie that, you know, I should have thought, especially since I was a fan of the book. Why did I, maybe I did see it in the theater, but it doesn't feel like I did. <laughs> anyway, it's been a long time since that movie came out. I know it's on Disney Plus. Maybe I should give it another try. Yeah, but, that's nice. But um, yeah, I just, I remember just feeling kind of disappointed in that movie. Well, let me give you. Uh, let me run a little uh, quiz by you right now, then. Quiz. This is a, okay. a little bra- a a quiz for yourself and also for our uh, listeners if they're if they're on board. Sure, come on, uh, come on, everyone. So Let's all do the Bernard twist. Uh, he quiz. has directed yep. five five Shakespearean movies. Okay, Henry V was his first one. Boom! There you that go. One, everyone was going crazy over that. All Much right. Ado About Nothing, I believe, is one that isn't that the one That's where they're correct. it's filmed in like. 
It's filmed outside. I kind of like that one. That's like with that was, uh, yeah, outdoorsy Keanu, and everyone was dressed in white. Keanu Reeves really good. is in that one, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, Denzel Washington. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, fun. a pretty good one. Loves, right, Love's Labor Lost. Boom. Yep, you got it. Nice one. All right. Uh, and, uh, he did Othello. He had to do Othello. He did not. Well, he was in Othello. Oh, he, he was in Othello. Othello. Did he, he do Hamlet? He did Hamlet, right? He did. Definitely did Hamlet. He's the only one who did all of Hamlet. That's in his right. Movie. That's right. It's he did a... the whole thing, and we went, that's enough Hamlet. <laughs> that's, it's just too much Hamlet. No the, one wanted that much Hamlet. Reason. And you got one more. Are you going to get it? Uh, is it the Scottish play? It is not. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just trying to think back here. What? What? Can I can I ask like some some clues? Is it a comedy or is it a tragedy? Uh, it is. I would say it is a comedy. Oh, it is. A, it is a comedy. Uh, you know what? Is it, Mid- it Midsummer Night's Dream? Nope. Let me give oh. you. Let me give you this hint. The previous movie uh, was Love Love's Labor's Lost. Yeah. Uh, now I, I can't stress enough that it was Love's Labor's Lost. Now we got to just take that all down and Romeo and Juliet. No, that's not a comedy. That, that's not a comedy. What the hell am I thinking? We got to take that down a notch for this next one because it's okay. not loves labor's lost this okay. one this one isn't uh isn't well i wouldn't go that far okay but i would say this next movie uh, you know was it was okay it's not one <laughs> you'd love but it's one you'd something else okay you'd like it i, I would say so you would I, as, as you like it there you go ah yes that is a good uh yeah those i mean i props to him besides hamlet which he did do an interesting sort of thing by by cramming the entire play down their throats um, but oh, I'd by say... the way, it didn't air. It didn't air in theater. Sorry, it didn't air. It didn't show in theaters in North America. Uh, it did in Europe, mm. but premiered here in North America on television on HBO. That's right. I remember that now. That's right. That's right. But they are interesting choices. They are kind mm-hmm. of off the beaten path in terms in terms of uh, you know. But Henry V, I think that um, Laurence Olivier did Henry V uh, yes. during the war during World War Two. Because that's a really interesting one because it opens up as if it's being filmed in the Globe Theater, and then as oh, the play right? as the play begins, the camera the camera you know kind of pan- moves in, zooms in, I guess you'd say, and then it you know then then the then the theater is kind of disappears, and then it and then it becomes reality. Like then the, the it's no longer a play; it's like it takes place in a real world. But it starts okay. off as if it was a play on stage, and then the movie. It kind of zooms in on the stage, and then you know, then you the stage disappears, and then it becomes a, a the real world. It's a very effective uh, uh, idea, I thought. Yeah, that was done in uh, looking it up. Uh, Forty four. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it starts off in the in the Globe, and, and eventually shifts to the Battle of Agin- Battle of Agincourt. Sure, and I mean at that time, nineteen forty four, you think of England, uh, you know, in the midst of of the of the war. By that point, I guess they were still in the fo- in. What do they call it? The phony war, whatever. When it what was that? The phony war then, whatever. The you know, like in between, like like when they're kind of waiting for stuff to happen. So you know, Germany controls Europe. England is this tiny nation that's you know going through the 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 bombing, you know, and stuff like that. And then and so that that speech, you know, the the kind of heroic speech before mm-hmm. the battle. We few, we lucky few. We yeah, yeah. So that was really speaking to the to the British people at that time, you know. Nice. It kind of resonated in a, in a special way, so that yeah, that's a. And Olivier also did Hamlet, so but his was the for sure, yeah, his yeah, was yeah. abbreviated. And, and there's a uh, I've got a version of of his Hamlet that Mystery Science Theater did, which I love is the idea that they're heckling Hamlet for the whole thing. Did they do that one? Yes, oh. I've got it on VHS. Yes, very, very nice, very nice. 
Well, probably I, is on um, probably is on YouTube or some such. If you you know what, I I have the complete collection uh, in a way that you shouldn't the, in the in these days, but I, <laughs> I do. So all the way back to their very first season, like with uh, the original cast and doing oh wow with the cast doing pizza commercials and stuff like that. So because <laughs> it's just a very small cable show, right? So they they would do they would do their own commercials for you know local local places in between the oh that's very cool yeah it is kind of neat but the shows themselves to be honest are a little dull um they hadn't quite i don't know i kind of feel like the they hadn't quite got everything together yet you know like they and they're and the ones they're doing were from their library so they're they're basically all the japanese monster movies yes over and over again and after a while you're just kind of like oh how many how many gamma movies are there? Yeah. Jeez, it's the the creeping blank, the crawling blank, the <laughs> lizard that blank. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, done. I mean, here's the thing: like, I'm never gonna like put anyone down for their, uh, you know, community television uh, shows because there's episodes <laughs> of community television shows you and I done that if they ever see the light of day, we just we're gonna have to leave the country. Like, we, you you and I are moving to New Zealand. Well, one of them should come down. To one it, of them, and we're just. I'm, I'm pretty proud of the other one. Not the well, okay. not the not the litter one. That's pretty. Okay. That's pretty silly. <laughs> that's pretty silly. But the, the political one we did, I think, is is pretty good. It's got some good material. Oh, that's in a it. different. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that one. That that's was pretty a different good. Different situation. That's now like, here's one more trivia thing because I was wondering. Yeah. Uh, when you when you mentioned Henry V, I went like, oh yeah, they both did the Henry V thing. I was like, there must have been like a couple of Henry V movies, but there haven't been. There's just been those two, mm. and then there's a third one that came out last year. Oh. Called the. The King. Okay. Uh, do you okay. know who starred in The King? Of uh, a handsome young man who's very popular nowadays. Huh. I don't. I don't know. He played Henry V in it. Was it? Was it Robert Pattinson? It was Timothy Chalamet. Oh, that in, fellow. In the King. Yeah. Wow. Which I, I never. I've never heard of this movie. I have heard of the film. I don't think it was released to theaters. I think it was uh, like an Amazon thing. Oh, was it? Okay. Or that, at least that's where I remember seeing, maybe it was or Netflix or something. I meant, no, Netflix. Netflix one. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. one of these that did uh, do a small run so that it qualified for awards. Uh, and then yeah, you yeah, yeah. did go to Netflix for uh, streaming. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I didn't realize, though, that it was a, a version of Henry V. That's very interesting. Well, it's not just Henry V. It's uh, uh, Henry Henry the Fourth parts one and two, and then also Henry the Fifth. So they did. Oh, uh, okay, put them okay. All together in there, so, all the greatest Henry hits. So it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the opposite of uh, Chimes at Midnight, the Orson Welles film, which collates all the Falstaff appearances from from the Shakespeare's historical plays, and then so this movie cuts out the Falstaff and just has the king kingly stuff. Ah, there you go. Right, that's what it sounds like, anyway. Uh, Falstaff is Falstaff is in Henry Hen, the Henry films or Henry plays, right? Isn't he? Well, you know what? I'm going to have to wait till our friend Louise chimes in on this. <laughs> Louise, could you get on the computer yeah. and, uh, and let us know let about us, that? Let us know, Louise. I would really appreciate. Uh, I would really appreciate that. All I know is Falstaff is. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think what the name. Oh, it is is the basis for Volstag. Who is a character in Kenneth Branagh's Thor? There it all ties in together. Oh, there we so, go, uh, everyone. Oh, that perfect. makes it better. The movie's now less boring to me. That, there you are. Yeah, uh, I've, I've made a. I made a. Oops, um, oh, sorry. He's in Henry the Fourth, parts one and two. Yes. Falstaff is okay. There you go. Yep. See, I made a resolution last week to to uh, spend more t- less time uh, talking through my hat. So I'm glad I was right. That's that's good. 
Okay, I'm glad. I didn't wear it. More time, I'm more time using old-timey expressions. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Get the ball rolling, mm-hmm. talking through your hat, which is funny, which is a good expression because, well, I guess hats are still popular. People still wear baseball hats and things like that. Yeah, people uh, people who, you know, uh, like uh, Donald Trump wear uh, their MAGA hats. Yeah, yeah very popular. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good uh, hate hat or, you know, a nice peaceful hat. <laughs> so you can still talk through your hat if you choose. Sure. I'm not a hat wearer because my hair is, is too thick. Yeah. Hat's not so good with me. I tried, uh, I had a bicycle helmet on the other day and it just was insane. It was insane. <laughs> also my hair, there's too much hair too. It's like, there's too much everything. First of all, my head is too big yeah. at the best of times. Mm-hmm. And then you add a bunch of hair to it and it was just, oh boy. Just, just bananas. It's just crazy. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. My hair is so long now, I can tuck it behind my ears. Like that's, mm-hmm. like that's nuts. Because I keep, you know, I'm a short back and sides kind of a character. And uh, now, wow. <laughs> so, Have you reached the point where you've thought about cutting it yourself? I have an appointment. I'm getting an appointment. I have an appointment. Okay. I have an appointment. I shouldn't say I'm getting an appointment. I have an appointment. I'm getting my hair cut on the 27th of June. So. Okay. I'm looking very much forward. This was fun. It was funny for a while. Like I was, I was enjoying my hair roulette quite a bit, but I, the joke is over now for me. And I, I'm, I'm now eagerly awaiting losing this shaggy mane. <laughs> just cause you I, know, uh, it's just, it's no fun. Like you look at yourself in the, you know, you do, you buy it like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not a super self-conscious person, you know, like if I can't see myself, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I go sh- I go shopping or whatever, and then I come out to my car, and then I, I get in my car, and then I, you know, I, glance, I might see myself in the mirror, and I'm just like, holy shit, this hair, what the- what do people think of me? When I go a mad scientist again, I wonder what he's inventing in his lab. <laughs> it's just, yeah. So yeah, I've done full, uh, full David Lynch, pretty much, mm-hmm. uh, except I've now dyed the hair, so I don't have the white hair sh- shooting up uh, like crazy in the morning, but it was very Lynchian, for, sh- <laughs> for sure. Huh. For sure, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm am okay with it right now. I will uh, as soon as I can, and it's safe. I'll uh, I'll get a I'll get a haircut from you know whoever strangers, someone on the street. Someone's got just a, a rusty <laughs> pair of scissors. I'll just go up to him like, do it, make it happen. Let's let's get this let's, let's get get this going on. Yeah, and my hair. Uh, where I get my haircut, it'll be very safe. So I'm okay. yeah, I'm okay with this. Do they do it from a distance with like some hedge clippers, it's just a, like attached to a stick. It's a small place. It has three chairs. Okay. And most and most of the time when I go there, there's no one else there but me and and the uh, my my hair hairstylist or hairdresser. So it's mm-hmm. it's fine. Like I, you know, assuming that he is taking some precautions, and, and I think I think it'll be a good. Is it a salon? Is it a barber shop? I guess it's a salon. It's it's a unisex place. Uh, how you know the difference is if there's a very old copy of Playboy. Uh, then it's a barbershop. <laughs> so it works. Yeah, there's that I've I've run into that a few times. And I'm just like, well, what 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 are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. like, do you want to be do you want to be that guy who's like sitting and waiting? Those are <laughs> you know, be... just. <laughs> I only read weird. this for the articles. Yeah. <laughs> well, at this barbershop, it's I, I their magazine selection is terrible. Of course it is. And not just terrible. It's like they all they they don't have even like gossip magazines or anything. It's all like like um, I don't describe them. Like what are they actually? I hardly ever look at them now because they're so boring. But they're like yeah yeah like they're home, so boring. They define they're like they're like magazines in a dream. Like home they, decorating. They don't have real titles. Yeah, they're not real. They're just like huh? 
Yeah, you, you don't look at them. There's no reason. If you open them, they, they all it says inside is, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, they like home decorating and things like that, and yeah, and fashion magazines, and you know, it's just not my thing. So, yeah, I used to, as you know, when I used to self-publish comic books, I would always, whenever I'd go to a doctor's appointment or a, a barber, I'd always bring my own comics and I'd leave them there because <laughs> I'm like, people are desperate, desperate for something to look at, and uh, and, and and yeah, that's I mean, I've left a copy of Sparks at my vet and uh, also because they're very nice and they were very nice to, to my okay. cat. But, but I left, but I left it there as well. Cause I went like, people need something to read. And I have had multiple people come up to me at cons and just go, Oh yeah, yeah. I read that at the vet. I'm like I know <laughs> this is the only thing that would be worth reading at the vet. And so, yeah. well, that's a good, good technique. I just thought you were tired of carrying it around. Yeah, Ugh, I'm, just leave I'm, it here. I'm sick of carrying these books, so I'm going to carry them to different locations. That's my smart move. I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm sick of these being in the basement all still and me not lifting them. You know what I'm going to do? Carry them <laughs> a couple of miles away. Just drop them off one at a time. Smart. <laughs> That's the lazy man's way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, for me, the lazy man's way of doing things is that you start something and then you realize oh this is really hard eh there you go the lazy man's way yeah the lazy the lazy way usually uh, turns out to be harder than the regular way that <laughs> is uh, that is a pretty basic lesson shortcuts mm, eh, nah, no not so good, in the, good. Line, in the long run yeah, yeah. it'll all uh, the house of cards will uh, come a falling down <laughs> that's great oh yeah. uh, a little bit of let me just do a bit of deck talk Oh sure, sure. Wait a second. Do we have any deck talk? Uh, we don't have oh. a we don't have a deck talk theme. Oh wait a second, I got something. Okay, sure. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always talk deck talk. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> That's very good. So uh, update. I have my my uh, vinyl liner or whatever on my my deck now. Oh, so now it's uh, safe uh, to have sex with. <laughs> well, I don't. I guess I haven't tested it yet, but if you insist. The, the, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Well, what's nice about it is I don't have to think about my, my, my deck anymore. Like I don't have to think about the tarp and I don't have to be at work and it's pouring right out and go, man, I hope the tarp is <laughs> holding up. <laughs> the water's not pouring yeah. into the shop. Tarpe, tarpe diem. Tarpe diem indeed. And then, and now I don't have to think about like, I can actually have stuff in like sensible places in the shop now. I'm going to can start organizing things because before I had to like keep everything like in particular places where water didn't drip if if there was a leak so now i can just spread stuff out anywhere i want willy-nilly in fact and yeah it's very exciting i can even like i can start putting drywall in now mm -hmm. it's really it's it's a real turnaround so i was trying to say so oh, i'm pretty that's great so i'm pretty excited Congratulations. we're still waiting for the railings though the railings are are uh a couple weeks away as, as it and is that the last uh the last uh, part that would be the last part it's pretty exciting because okay. then i'll have a gate i'll have a gate mm -hmm. i'll have a Make our deck chicken proof, which will be nice. Right now, I have a piece of I have a piece of plywood that's kind of perched on the steps, overhanging them, so that it, if the chickens go up, that looks like it's like they can't go any farther up. So then they just stop. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, just I don't want them to. I just don't want them pooping on the deck. So and they do poop on the deck. So they do. Well, I'll tell you those guys, <laughs> those, those chickens, those chickens. I tell you those chickens. I almost went to Casey Kasem there, but didn't quite. <laughs> we were uh, we were locked in our uh, we were locked out of our backyard for a day and a bit because uh, um, there was a uh, 
uh, I guess a, a fledgling crow uh, was there and just was sitting in a pot of ours, pot, a potted plant. Okay, and, so when uh, you say you were locked out, you just mean that you couldn't you couldn't go out because you were afraid that the crow would bo- di- uh, bo- uh, okay, dive bomb you or what, something. Here's what would occur. Yes. Okay. Um, would uh, if we had walked out onto said deck? Yeah. One, I don't know how the young crow would have reacted. Mm-hmm. Probably with uh, startled fear or just going, give me food. One of the two. Okay. But its parents, Ma and Pa, uh, yeah, would have come at my eyes real good. So they're, <laughs> you know, because yeah. they don't like you uh, approaching the young. Yeah. Um, so, so we just uh, uh, stayed looking through a window and our cat was there as well, looking through the window. And uh, and, and we're just rooting him on because he, he was trying to learn how to fly. Oh, okay. And so he was, uh, he, he was getting up the confidence to like jump from uh, one side of the stairs to the other side of the stairs and and then, but he, then he'd get really lazy and he'd just like stay there for like two hours. And, and then he'd like, okay, now I'm hopping. Here we go. And and his dad, which was kind of cool, uh, went to our cherry tree yeah. and I think was trying to tempt him with food. <laughs> and so he'd like pick up a cherry and he'd be like, eh, cherries, there's cherries over here. Come on, <laughs> come get a cherry. Yeah. And he'd be like, huh, I should, you should bring me that cherry. No, you get over here and have a cherry. And finally, dad would just be like, out of hell with it. And he'd take the cherry and he'd fly next door where he'd drop the cherry into a gutter where I see that he's hiding cherries. And, uh, and then he'd just like do the old bashing with his beak and he'd eat his cherry. Okay. Uh, it was pretty good. But I was like, oh, that's where the cherries are. Okay, that's good to know. All right. All right. Fair You're enough. Clogging up but, your neighbor's gutters, so... Yeah, but the next day, um, uh, Pia told me like uh, very early in the morning, the crow uh, flew away, and I was like, "Oh, that's oh. really nice." And we went, that was a really beautiful uh, thing, and it's nice seeing nature. And went outside and was like, "Oh my god, look at all the shit!" <laughs> oh, he was shitting all day, shitting all day. So I have to take care of that. That's a part of nature we we forget about, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit out there. You know? And and nature normally has a way of taking care of that. Like you shit in some dirt, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. It's fine. It makes true. it better. Yeah, plants grow. Like, like, every, yeah. uh, everything's great. But yeah. it's on a porch. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and I'm going. I'm not going to get no damn yeah. crow disease in the middle of all this nonsense. And then I'm going to get that. So we're and my wife has uh, caught a bad disease once from a bird. Mm. So she's not. She's not down with that. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of like long distance hosing and yeah, take yeah. care of, but everything's fine now. It's yeah, all fine. But t- it was quite, uh, quite a nice, uh, sweet little experience watching this crow, uh, try to, try to learn how to fly for a day. Yep. Before, yeah. na- before nature revealed its ugly side. <laughs> Could have been uglier. It's absolutely fine. See when people, when know. people, when people talk about like how humankind interferes with nature, what they mean is that. We just we just like put impediments in the way of animals just shooting everywhere. So you know we're just we're just mm-hmm. wrecking it all. Like you know, right now a bear could be shooting right where I'm sitting, but no, I'm sitting here. I'm in the way yeah. of nature taking a dump. So yeah, I can see why I can see why um, environmentalists are so angry about it all. I'm just waiting for those Charmin bears to start their own podcast. It's probably not <laughs> that far from from there. Again, I always look at the Charmin bears. 
which used, you know, originally, and I've gone over this before, but it just, I need some backstory on these guys. They, they were in the woods, and the joke is, does a bear shit in the woods? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we're basing our whole Charmin thing on. But they liked uh, good quality toilet paper. Of course. Well, that sounds, yeah. that's, that's, that's a funny idea, is these bears that are taking a shit yeah. uh, next to a tree mm-hmm. would need a fancy toilet paper. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, now you've worked its way up to they've got a house. <laughs> they got a house. He's he's like reading a newspaper, so he's got a subscription. Yeah. Or he goes to the newsstand. Is that newsstand run by bears? Are they startled by a bear? Is it a man? Does he steal a paper? What what does he care about the human news? Is it human news? Is it bear news? What's on the TV? Is it all bear shows? Are we in a bear world? Do humans exist? I don't know. So we've got that. So now they have a house somehow. Did they steal it from a person? Did they kill the family? Maybe. Um, and, and then the next stage, now they're scientists. Now they're running a lab and they're developing their own damn toilet paper. <laughs> They've evolved so fucking fast, these bears. <laughs> like, what's next for them? What is next for these freaking crazy bears? Anyway, it's a pick. A, you got to pick a storyline with these things. It, yeah, uh, it's just too over the top. I'm gonna say one thing. I'm gonna say one thing about Charmin though is they they either have had or have a great advertising uh, company working for them. Like the bears, that's a good that's a good ad. Like you're talking about it. Obviously, we are talking about it. We're talking about Charmin. We're talking about their toilet paper. Before that, they had that guy who told people didn't stop squeezing the Charmin. Yeah, don't squeeze the Charmin. That was a great. That was a great ad. Mr. Whipple. Mr. Whipple. Mr. That was a great ad, right? Was that his name? So I thought his name was okay, Frank, wait a second, Frank yeah, Whipple. Mr. Whipple. I like I like where you're going with this, and I think I think uh, I know I know where the storyline is now. Okay. This is Mr. This is Mr. Whipple's house <laughs> so, because these bears I, lived in the. I woods. wasn't going there, but okay. Yeah, like these it. bears lived in the woods. They did live clearly. in the woods, yeah. And then they got addicted to Sherman. Yeah. So they had to go to the source, and the source was Mr. Whipple's store. So they followed yeah. Whipple home one night. Yeah. And then they just went, oh, my God, this guy stuck to the brim yeah. with this stuff. Uh, they wait till he opens the door. Maul. Uh, maybe they, <laughs> they haven't killed him. Maybe he's just in the basement. But this is he's clearly. As as, he's as good as dead. Yeah, this is his house for sure. I mean, they're, tor- sure. they're tormenting Mr. Whipple. They're, they're squeezing the Sherman. Yes. And he's yeah, this- there's nothing he can do about it. He is probably armless, legless, you know. He's laying in Sorry. the. He's laying in his own a uh, pool of his own blood in the basement, slowly, slowly passing away. Okay, I'm a little disappointed right now because I went to their page and they've got a thing called "Meet the Charmin Bears." Okay. And uh, and I'm like, okay, all right, I'd like to find out more about these bears. Yeah. Uh, but they uh, they really don't have any information about the uh, about the about the bears. Oh. They just have information about their ultra soft mega roll. Uh, which which has three a three star review. Yeah. Uh, only uh, it looks like only one reviewer. Well, that's weird. Like for a big, like one guy yeah. wrote a review. Or yeah. I say guy. Yeah, that could huh. be one of the bears. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm disappointed because the family has an extra child that I'm not aware of. Like, there's okay. How many bears do you think are in this family? Uh four. You're you're wrong. There's five. What? They pulled a yeah. They pulled Is there a, a baby. A, Is there a baby? Chuck. Chuck from uh, from uh, Happy Days thing. Um, no, there's dad, there's dad, there's mom. Yeah. There's little nerd, nerd bear who people think is more charming than he is. There's do you say a daughter. Ner- do you say nerd bear? He's a nerd bear. He wears glasses. Okay. He's a little, he's a little uh, four eyes, little okay. nerd. Okay. Always talking about pooping. Uh, there's the daughter. 
kind of a teen daughter, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then there's an older teen brother. Oh. Yeah, what the hell happened to this guy? Yeah. Where's where's he, where'd he go? Huh. Maybe he was shot. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like bears are shot for going into garbage. Right. Right. Are bears shot for using toilet paper? Huh. Oh, Be- oh wait a second. Here's because we don't want them going into our houses looking for toilet paper. Right. And and Mr. Whipple is an obvious example why, since he was mauled by bears and is now laying in his basement. By the, by the way, here's the, here's the thing too. Yeah. Is uh, uh, what color are the bears, Dave? I seem to remember they're kind of like a pink, like a cyan color. Color, I guess. No, that's not. Is that yeah, cyan, right? Is that a, is that okay. is that blue? I can't remember what's. They were here. Here's the thing. <sighs> they were they were originally brown bears. Yeah. Light, light brown bears. Sure. But w- when you see them and they're blue, that means we're in soft Charmin territory. Oh. And we are they're promoting the softness of Charmin. Sure. You may one day see these bears, and they are bright fucking red. What the hell is that about? Yeah, you're wondering, asking yourself? This is strong Charmin country. Oh, it's strong Charmin. Bear, bear proof. Promoting, yeah, they're promoting the strong uh, strongness oh. of the of the of the Charmin Charmin bears. I didn't know that. Charmin toilet paper. Because yeah. I well, for one thing, I've always associated the color blue with softness, mm-hmm. and conversely, the color red with strength. So I can mm. I can see where they're going with this, and also I have also always associated the color brown with shit. Yeah, so you know you would think like it wouldn't show up on them anyway. What would right? The, oh, I see what they're, you're saying. Yeah, because the, 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 they're brown. <laughs> yes, it doesn't really matter what they do. Yeah. They're just wasting their time, really. So the uh, okay, so here's the situation. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Whipple was yes the mascot. For uh, for a very very long time, he was replaced in 2000 by the Sherman Bear. Now that's who we know as Papa Bear. Yeah. Uh, okay. He was not 3D animated. He was light brown. Uh, then in 2001, we're all going through 9/11, and they went, you know, who they need baby bears. So three <laughs> baby bear cups were added. Okay. But they didn't have. Yeah. And then later on, uh, the wives were added. Now now don't get don't think that the brown bear family. And the blue bear family yeah. are the same family. Oh, they're not. They look alike. They're not. And same with the red bear family. We are in completely different territory. So what I'm thinking now is the brown bear family lives in the woods. They are homeless. <laughs> the blue bear family. Well, their home is in they, the woods. They, they got that soft living, soft living. So they're in the house. Yeah. I'm thinking the red bears, I think they're the scientists. And they're in, inter, interested in strength and uh, overcoming you know, obstacles. And so that's what that's my suspicion on uh, on there. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. And the uh, and the advertising campaign that introduced them was called the Call of Nature. <laughs> How I would like to have been a fly on the wall at that meeting. Oh, <laughs> well, there are a lot of flies when those bears show up. <laughs> and then in two thousand and six, yeah, more thing. Uh, they created public restrooms in New York City's Times Square. Sherman so did. You, Sherman did. Sherman did. Or the so bears go, did. The bears put it this together. So, uh, the bears showed up, and the <laughs> and they, they went rogue and uh, <laughs> broke away from Sherman and went like people need to shit, and so they set up the no, but they got public restrooms in Times Square, and that's from uh, the Sherman, and they're all branded with the bears, so you can go to um, take a poop in as uh, Times Square like you were a bear. Yeah. Yeah. And you can say, "Do I shit in the bears?" And then they'd say, "Barely." <laughs> 
they go it's legal they go barely legal i'm like okay we've had enough of this we've had enough of this that's fine we're good thank you Sherman bears thank you Sherman bears there you go and uh you know what other uh, what other podcast is talking about the Sherman bears this damn long <laughs> none of none of them is my guess no none of them i yeah. mean listen again i'm i'm you're working I'm in I'm in uh, gen, uh, general lockdown. Yeah. So this is where my conversations are going to get. They're going to get more <laughs> and more like this as things progress. <laughs> I am going slowly crazy. Let's, so just let's get that let's sure, get that right. Sure. We'll we'll, okay. des- we'll describe them as esoteric to be kind. Mm. Yeah, I can't see outdoor things. What's happening out there? <laughs> well, the, the bird's still the, shining. The birds are, are shitting. Are there clouds? Okay, birds are shitting. <laughs> yeah. I know when you said when when I, when I can't stress enough how long I watched a bird do nothing on my porch yesterday. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, this is good. This is a good show." And then, of course, Pia was joining me too, and like, "This is great." With like hours, we watched this bird. Wow! So again, that is basically our lives here in <laughs> lo- in lockdown house. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I don't have that kind of spare time. Yeah. Well, one of the uh, one of the one of our gigs did uh, did end this this week. Which was uh, was uh, Mad Magazine isn't doing any new material anymore. Okay, they, oh, they said they were going to do that like last year, and it was all being, uh, but uh, now it's uh, now it's official. So we're just finishing up the last meanwhile uh, for them, and that'll be in their uh, superhero issue uh, of Mad Magazine. But it's it's okay. We're we're fine. We're st- we're still doing stuff, you know, for like New Yorker and whatnot. Yeah, uh, and it was f- it was fun, like being part of Mad with the with the big relaunch and uh, and stuff, and uh, that's that's been a treat. But it's it's okay. We'll uh, we'll figure another place to put our uh, uh, jokes and whatnot. And <laughs> and and I think I think the run of Mad that did come out, uh, especially the stuff that was done by Bill Morrison, I am I am very proud of, and I, I like uh, I like what it was. I was always glad to like take the magazine and show it to people, and never went ugh. So, um, so yeah, uh, maybe it'll come back again sometime. We will see. Maybe, It'd be or nice maybe if... we killed it. Maybe we <laughs> killed that magazine. It'd be nice if they did one of those things where they, like, they put out like a a computerized thing of like every issue. Well, uh, they did um, on on uh, CDs up to a certain point. Oh, really? So you can do the and you and it's got the automatic. Um, uh, fold in at the end you can just push a button and you can just watch it fold in huh. and not have to bring your magazines yeah every issue of mad up to a certain point was collected uh on uh, on cds and one of those uh those big collections from like late 90s early 2000s okay wow. yeah and speaking of fold-ins uh, al jaffe is uh is retiring as of this week and uh so at 99 lazy lazy man <laughs> get a job uh but up until the move from uh, to L.A. from New York, uh, he would uh, he would just deliver the oil painting that was the uh, the fold in uh, every uh, every month. That's amazing. And and the idea that every one of those is an oil painting. So he did an oil. Hey, wow. Yeah, it's an oil painting. Every one of those is an oil painting. That's yeah. uh, that's a big big thing. Yeah, when you're in your late nineties, wow. <laughs> I would like to see how how he did them. Like how I'm sure there is uh, video footage of like his his I, way of doing it. I don't know. If, I, well, I guess we could. I guess you could look it up. But yeah, it's. Uh, I remember, yeah, that's a. How do you, that's one of the. Well, that's one of the things I like so much about that show we've talked about before, Man Ben, the the show by. I can't remember his name now. Naoki. Let me look. Let me look at my. 
Oh, there, Please do, because I would mispronounce the name. And then it would make uh, Nina Matsumoto mad, and I don't want to. So, speaking of which, she did a very nice fold-in for us for, like, I think our 100th episode. And uh, I'm not sure how she did that one, but uh, uh, that was very, very good. I've done I've done them twice. I did them twice for my comic book, uh, once for my comic book I, and once for something for Terminal City Magazine. And it was a very tricky thing to do, but it was it was a lot of fun. And I just did it by actually folding it in first, drawing that image, pulling it out, and then tracing over uh, that image, and then adding stuff in the middle so that it made sense. And then mm. hopefully, when you folded it together, the gag would work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know how you do it with an oil painting. No, uh, he must have. Well, he obviously did it as a rough first, and then he. Then he, uh, well, it was a monthly magazine, right? So I guess he had a month to, yep. he had a month to prepare it. But, but yeah, it's, uh, so anyway, sorry, it's Naoki Urasawa is the right. creator. Of, uh, is I'm the, looking at how to make a fold-in. <laughs> how to make a fold, mad, mad fold-in. Yeah, mad fold-in. Sorry for the clickety-clack. I got an old-timey computer. Uh, no, they That's just all. have uh, the best fold-ins. Yeah. They don't necessarily say how to do the fold-ins. But uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, but uh, they've been he he did one up until last year in every issue uh, since 1964. That's amazing. That is crazy amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it it also kind of shows the change in the in the idea of the magazine though too. Like you know under Kurtzman, it was it um, like. You know, as it as it moved along, it got more into having like repeating elements to it. Like under Kurtzman, mm-hmm. it seemed to be like just a new thing every week. You know, you just everything new, everything fresh, nothing. But then, you know, as you as they moved on, they started having you know like, you know, there's always going to be Dave Berg in this issue doing his lighter side of. There's always going to be Don Martin. There's always going to be Spy versus Spy, and that's always going to, you know what I mean? Like so that you know, they started to like having these sort of set things that would always be in there and that's not to complain because they're all they're all great so i know you don't like don martin but i still still think <laughs> no, it's no I, I don't i don't mind don martin it's just uh he makes me nauseous that's all <laughs> well, okay you love just, him it, it, he, love he, him, he it, 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 like i think what happened was i was reading his stuff one day when i was a kid when i was 11 years old in burlington ontario okay and i was incredibly nauseous from heat stroke mm. and then i was reading like a lot of don martin in a row and then I just got so sick. And there's something that locked in both those images. Because, like, I think it was a guy who was throwing up in the cartoon with, like, fish bones coming out and everything. And I was just like, that's, oh! That's an, Jaffe, just, that's an Al Jaffe thing. Okay. Well, maybe I'm uh, maybe mistaken on that. Maybe I should be blaming Al Jaffe. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but, yeah, I connected it with Don Martin. And, okay. uh, yeah, for slump and black and <laughs> slewy. Uh, yeah, yeah so, I never liked it. I, I always was off put by uh, by a lighter side as well. And uh, D- David Berg, is that who, David who did Berg, lighter yeah. side? Yeah. Yeah. And like his teeth really disturbed me for some reason. <laughs> just like, ah, uh, just off putting, off putting. Don't care for it. I like no, his, thank you. I like his teeth because they seem so American. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Does they that, were American Just that kind of exaggerated perfection. To seem like, ah, uh, that sums up North America. I guess I should say North America, really. We're, we're in the same I boat. I don't uh, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, uh, but I loved uh, I loved Sergio Aragonés stuff mm-hmm. even back then. Yep, he's very good. Uh, yeah, and he was the kind I, I like to like uh, uh, doodle like him and and oh yeah, really enjoyed that. What was your favorite part of Mad Magazine? Uh, favorite part of Mad Magazine? Yeah, probably parodies. Yeah, I guess I like the parodies. I particularly like when they would do the uh, 
cartoon, like the newspaper strip parodies, like make fun mm-hmm. of Charlie Brown and stuff like that. I was thought that was really great. I liked, yeah. I liked the their ability to like imitate the the characters, even ones I didn't know, like Smokey Stover or something like that, where I'd just be like, mm, I don't know, but yeah. but I liked I liked so much of of the, of the stuff in there because you know I'm a, I wasn't just there for the I wasn't just there for the the cartoons. I also loved the, the kind of more densely packed things, you know, like their their parodies of like like a I don't know a a camp a camp like instruction book or whatever, you know what I mean? Like something like that where it is just like the sort of densely worded, you know, like parody of some form or something like that. I, I enjoyed those as well. And I really yeah, I like and I liked so many of the artists that you know, people people don't I've talked about it before in the show, but I I, I always like really liked George Woodbridge. I thought he was Really great. What did he do? Uh, he kind of he would sort of he was like a spot illustrator for people's for um you know kind of essays or or you know he's just kind of like a utility infielder. He was kind of good for, but he's very good at drawing kind of seedy kind of rundown looking characters or kind of like you know rapacious businessmen and stuff like that. He his characters always look kind of they're sort of like always look like they're half drunk and um okay and everyone everyone looked like they were you know it just he had a certain kind of seedy quality to his drawings as i remember them and and i, I, I was just kind of like the style it was very uh, it was very it's very neat very good, nice penmanship like you know pen line, line work and stuff like that and i also like paul coker junior a lot as well that's someone that people don't really talk about very often but but uh, and i was so excited as a kid when i discovered that he did the designs for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer when I saw oh, his... Oh, really? Yeah, okay. he designed the characters for it. But yeah, he was a long-time mad artist. Uh, once again, just, you know, they would do their own little bits, you know, whatever. Usually they're like uh, two like parallel things, you know, this this is like this, but it's really like that. That was such a popular thing. One of, one of my favorite things I ever read was this diary of a person who took LSD. And this was mm-hmm. a, this is a Mad Magazine, and it starts off just like, oh, I've done this thing, and he's writing very sensibly. And then as it goes on, he starts to he starts to come under the influence. You know, his writing gets more and more strange, and he starts going off. And I just was I was laughing. I was just kill, <laughs> killing myself laughing at this. That was so great. And I brought this Mad Magazine downstairs, and I was reading it to my mum, who was less than amused that her, that her child was killing himself over the idea of someone taking LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, back when parents thought Mad Magazine was a bad idea, they were wrong. They were wrong. No, I, they were very, very wrong. I think my favorite, yeah, my favorite stuff was the movie parodies for sure. I loved all the details in the background. Yeah, I thought those were not like my favorite thing. I mean, I read them because you know I would read every page faithfully, but I kind of preferred. I don't know. Yeah, my one complaint about Mad Magazine was the typesetting. I, did, I never liked that very much. Well, how so? I just like handwritten. Like like uh, you know like handwritten cartoon oh, okay. lettering, I don't like when it's type typeset out and all that. So stuff. would you have problems with like any of the EC Comics stuff? Yeah, I don't. I, that's a big part problem for me with EC Comics. I don't. I you know I do read I do read the ones I have. I I tried to collect them when I was younger, but I didn't have a lot of money, so it was a very a very attenuated attempt. You know, it took took place over many years, and before I was able to do it. Uh, I guess Russ Cochran had, had gone out of business or had stopped stopped doing it, so I couldn't I couldn't carry on. Or this, I actually kind of think the store I was buying them through. I don't want to name the store, but I think the guy was having some financial problems. Mm-hmm. So like when I would I would like pay for the I would prepay pay for the books, and he'd be like, "Okay, I'll bring them in for you," and I'd be like, "Cool." So then like a month or so later, he'd call and I would go in and pick them up, and I have to drive into Westminster and pick them up. And then uh, I remember one time going in and I'm like. 
I was like, yeah, I paid for some books a while ago, and I was wondering if they came in. And he's like, oh, no, they didn't. Uh, I don't think they're making them anymore. Here, I'll give you these little Lulus <laughs> instead. And he gave you a bunch of little Lulu books in, in a same similar kind of style inside the slip, yeah. the big the slip cases, which, to be honest, are like the, the best way to view any of those things because they're exact reproductions of the original comics, you know? Mm-hmm. So so when you... They have everything in it, including including like the... Uh, the written, like the written part of it, which is generally left out of most, like the kind of modern collections of this stuff, they leave out like the little one-page stories that had to be in a comic in order for them to qualify for some for some kind of thing. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they they were required to have a certain amount of prose in them, otherwise they they fell outside of some law like where there's a magazine yeah that's that, right and i can't quite remember exactly what the law was but was it... even like casper would always have like some little story that would just be in there that would be a prose story yeah, like yeah. whenever you read those or sad sack comics yeah. would just have this is a tale of the army what the hell is this doing here <laughs> you know yeah, little, okay. lulu, little lulu had a great diary by her and it was such a it was such a great like uh straight-faced ironic diary of like you know you're reading her description of things, but you know what the actual reality is. And so it's kind of a fun, like, kind of, you know, this is what she thinks or what she says is happening, but you know that it's actually this. And it's kind of a, it was very good. But yeah, it was just a one-page thing, and then the rest of it was was cartoons. I, I wouldn't know when those were in there, but except that I have these, I have these slipcover, or slipcased uh, hardcover versions of them. Because the Dark Horse collections of Little Lulu, they dropped all that stuff out of them. So, which is too bad, because they're, you know, they're as entertaining as the comics to me. But what do I know? Let me do, just on, on a side note on Casper comics and Sad Sack comics mm-hmm. and whatever. Sure. Something I always used to, used to like, and I'd like to see a collection of these things, are the ads that they had for the comics in the comics. <laughs> and they would always have that, usually with the letters page or something like that. And then the, at the bottom, it would be like Sad Sack could be just like, I'm so sad. And, and, so, and Casper would show up, why so sad? You should read some comics. Yeah, I like Casper comics, and you can subscribe and deliver them, and they're available at your store. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not so sad anymore. Oh, okay, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Says Casper, hmm. and, he, and he fucks off, and then uh, and then Sarge goes, "You got to go to war now, Sad Sack." I'm like, "Oh no, I hate war." Um, but yeah, it was always something something where they were just a little bit out of character. Yeah, and uh, but like so excited to read about the adventures of the people that they knew personally. <laughs> And it was like, I'm already reading the comic. Why are you selling me on Casper while I'm reading Casper? I'm fought Casper. It's like when I watch a TV show and they have an ad for the show that I'm watching in the show. Yeah. And then it's usually r- ruining that episode of the show with like a spoiler for something that comes later. I'm like, knock it off. I'm already here. Stop it. I don't need an ad in an ad in, in the thing that I've already I'm at. Yeah. Stop it. Knock it off, Casper. You're <laughs> so mad. Speaking of which, I did I did like in Mad Magazine when they did parodies of comics, especially especially comic strips like adult versions of uh, Charlie Brown. Ah, oh, that's just completely up my alley. That's yeah, beautiful. that was good. Yeah, the adult version. Of Charlie Brown, that was good. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty. Good. Yeah, uh, as and, you were, and my, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say as you were talking, I I picked up a a collection of the Harvey Girls that I have sitting in my book bookshelf here in the shop. Uh, of um, yes, yeah, Little Audrey, Little Dot, and Little Lotta. Just a kind of collection okay. collection of their of their various adventures and uh, that really gross little Lotta story where she eats a whale. She oh. eats a whale. Here it is, right here. Yep. So uh, it's a dream. She's okay. she's she's ice fishing. 
With... Is the is the title, by the way, a parody of Moby Dick in any way? Let me just check out for you. Or just a whale of a story. Very good, whale of a tale. Okay, all right. Tale yeah, spelled yeah. like a T A L E, not to tale. Yeah, I got you. No, of course it is. But, yes, understood. Uh, okay, go ahead. But yeah, she and little dot, little dot, of course, is uh, wearing a, a toque with polka dots and a and a polka dotted skirt. All right, understood. Are going? Uh, they're they're carrying their gear and they're going ice fishing. They they go to the shack. They set up. Little Lot, of course, has a frying pan and everything all ready to cook her fish as soon as it, she catches it. Uh, yeah. They cut a ginormous hole in the ice. And then as a, Little Lot, of course, even though they're sitting with their bare asses on the on the ice, well, Little mm-hmm. Lot is anyway, uh, she falls asleep. And then she has a dream that she's in an igloo sitting on a fur, oh my God. On a fur rug. Okay. And then a guy comes in into the igloo and he says, dinner's ready, Lotta. It's your favorite dish tonight. And then she's super excited. She goes outside. And there on this giant, ginormous dish is a whale. A whale. So Little Lotta is it, has a... Is f- it alive or dead? Has I it got s- crosses for eyes? It doesn't have crosses or for eyes, it- but it looks like it's dead. It's it's steaming, so the, it looks the, it's been cooked. The eyes are, the eyes are shut. Okay. Yeah, the eyes, the eyes are shut. The eyes are shut. It's got a bit of a smile. Okay. And it's steaming. So Little Lotta comes okay. racing over. She charge with a knife and a fork. And then oh, dear cut to a frame of her cutting a... Lot of little lot of sized chunk out of the side of this whale, so you can. Oh, s- I think I know this. You can Why see, do I picture this? So you can see, like, like she's cut up like a sod of grass. Yeah, I she's know exactly peeling. what you're talking about. Why am I picturing that? And then she's like munching oh and God. gulping away on it, and then the uh, this person comes over. By the way, n- neither of them look like Eskimos, but they're. He goes, Lotta, you must stop bolting your food. It isn't done among nice Eskimos. She goes, Okay, Father, I'll eat more slowly. So then, and then she says to herself, It'll last longer that way. <laughs> so then she gets it to the top of it. She digs her knife and her fork into the, or she two knives now. She has two knives, two knives into this, into the side of the whale. And then she goes sliding down the entire side of the whale as it says rip. And then this, this, uh, this big, this big slab of, of this blubber of, of this whale comes down and yeah. bops her on the head. And she says, yipes hit on the head with 3 million calories. And then oh, she's, that's a lot of she's eating away, and then we cut to a panel, and uh, her father's saying, don't you think I've had enough? And then we cut, and the whale is just, the head is still there, the tail yeah. is there, and it's just bones, the rest of it is all bones. And then she's so sick, she has to go into her igloo to fall back asleep, and then and then Dot wakes her up, because Dot has caught a fish, but little Lotta has, is so full of her dream that she runs away at the idea of eating another fish. Oh, she's full? Yeah. Oh, that is the first time I've seen that happen. She and, must really be full. And by the way, whales yeah. whales aren't fish. No, no. But that is the that but is back, back then they were though. Back then, no one. Knew. How could they know? There would be no way they'd know. <laughs> oh, weird. How could they tell? Sorry. Okay. Two things. One. Yeah. There are two little lot of covers that are whale related. Okay. One is uh, she's basically going like the Museum of Natural History in New York, yeah. and they have that giant whale that's up there. Okay. But yeah. there's a giant bite that's taken out of it, uh. and she's walking by, licking her chops and rubbing her belly. And the security guard is looking up at the whale, and his hat is flying off his head as sweat beads shoot out, and it's like what? And there's a sign saying whale exhibit. So she took a huge bite of the whale. That's thing one. Two, she is uh, asleep and she's fishing. Yeah. She's got her fishing pole. And uh, is this is this the issue? Could like, be, could be. If she's ice okay, fishing, so is she ice fishing? 
No, no, she's uh, just fishing on a nice summer day. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, wearing her skirt, and then she's dreaming, and she's got a, a dream bubble, and so she's dreaming that she's standing there with her fishing pole, and she's got the whale on a giant sandwich bun. <laughs> well, that's not that's not the same as this, but obviously they, it was a it was a uh, a reusable idea. Yeah, the idea that she would eat a whale. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's yeah at least at least twice on on that. Uh, and then I got one here just where uh, Little Dot and Little Lotta uh, swap uh, their, I guess, disorders. Mm-hmm. And so you've got Lotta, but like just in a dotty outfit, and you got uh, Little Dot uh, looking like Lotta, yeah. uh, all big. And uh, and yeah, and, and demanding she have two dozen flapjacks, nine eggs, a loaf of bread, french fries, and a gallon of milk. Oh, boy, <laughs> she likes to eat. I'll tell you that. <laughs> she sure does. Yeah. Again, it's so it's so interesting with these with these you know people people don't get them now you know the idea of like uh, you know Richie Rich is like how could you make a story about this kid and the the idea is uh, it's a fantasy for kids yeah exactly. it's like as a kid wouldn't you want to be rich it's yeah. like yeah I'd love sure. to be rich okay that's great all right now uh, you're a kid uh, what do you like doing I like eating candy and cake and stuff <laughs> like that great here's a kid who does that all the time yeah, yeah. what are the consequences none. <laughs> She gets stronger when she does it. She gets more powerful. Oh, but people don't like her. They love her. Tons of friends. Yeah. Very popular. Yeah. Do they ever call her like names, like uh, fat-related names? Well, if they do, they find themselves waking up in a coma. <laughs> How can they wake up in a coma? <laughs> well, they wake up and like you've been in a coma. What okay. happened? They find oh, themselves waking know. up from like a coma. Okay. Pretty- pretty hard in the face by uh, <laughs> someone who's incredibly strong who uh, must have eaten some things yeah. yeah who ate a whale yeah who ate a whale <laughs> no you're right that's that is the there's a there's a few things like as an adult i find fascinating about those stories and that that is definitely one i mean most of my most of my affection for them is nostalgia or the sort of memory of how much i enjoyed them as a kid even as a teenager i love to sit poolside in their backyard and i would just devour the richie rich digests you know and the archie digest as well and i just i it still fascinates me how many how they could ring the changes on on this sort of very very limited character you know like little dot i mean her thing is that she likes dots i don't even think that's something that kids most kids like dream about and most kids i don't i didn't as a kid like think about boy wouldn't it be great to well, have like, dots let let me explain that one. I think. Okay, real fast, sure, sure. Is, yeah, you do that. Which is, um, she likes dots, mm-hmm. um, but 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 it's such a generic thing. But kids love to collect things. So a kid here, I like to collect dinosaurs. Okay, great. And like my niece, she liked to collect all these certain kinds of dogs, and she'd want every one of these kind of dogs, and she want them all on her on her dresser. And it's like kids get obsessed with collecting something. Yeah. And so and so Dot is a collector. But she's a generic collector of like things that are dotted. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So like she likes to have the dot things all over her room. But like a kid who likes sports wants sports things all over his room. I wanted comic book things all over my room. But you make it generic enough, and now all the kids can sort of relate to her and go, "Oh yeah, she just likes collecting this one thing. Well, that makes sense to me. Fair enough." And uh, yeah. and then her obsession on these things leads her to adventures and trouble. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's is amazing. And also in this book. Strangely, they don't have any of the ads you were talking about. I was looking in the front to see if they, if they had any kind of nostalgic things, but no. I, think... I got one right. Yeah, I got one right in front of me with a little bear who looks very much like the bears that shit in the woods, and he's reading a <laughs> Casper comic. 
and panel. I'll just tell you the, the the four panels. Yeah. The first panel is I love reading about Casper and his Harvey Comics magazine, and then Casper comes to life and jumps off the cover and just goes, "Do you really like me?" Which is creepy. Uh, and uh, he goes, "Wow, it's Casper, the friendly ghost." Not scared of him like most people would be. Uh, and he goes, "Oh, I love reading about all the things you do." And he imagines Casper walking through a wall, flying and turning invisible. And then the next next shot is there's a gigantic television set and Casper's on it reaching through the set, uh, reaching towards the bear and saying uh, to him, well, here's one trick I don't think you ever saw me do. I'm on TV. <laughs> so this apparently a TV is in the middle of the woods as well. Uh, logically, it makes no sense. He was in the woods. He didn't drag him home and they put him on the TV. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, plugging Casper being on TV now. One of one of the interesting things uh, in here is they have like a an original Lil Dot uh, one done by what who's the uh, Vic Herman is the guy's name. And okay, it, it's just grotesque. It's horrible. Like it's what, just, what what's so horrible about it? Well, she's really tall. Okay, like, so she's all gangly. All right, and her eyes are dots. So they're not like this. You know, they're not like circles in a round white part. Right, they're just two black dots, and it's just. And I don't know. It's just kind of awful. It is, you know, like the cute, the what I'm, you know, like the kind of cute Harvey style isn't isn't there for this for these drawings. Okay. So, um, because that was a guy I think named Warren Kramer was his name, and he came out of animation. And he, when he when he showed up, he kind of redesigned. I think started with Casper, and and he's the one who kind of brought that Harvey style. So the one that we associate with like how how all of them are drawn, you know, with the the that particular kind of big cheek look and the little half circle nose and the big big eyes you know all that stuff is right. all, all warren kramer design and he kind of he kind of re rejigged everything i made it all much much kind of more rounder like all the most of the characters are shorter with a big kind of thick the kind of kid you know they're kind of pudgy with that kind of baby fat on them and stuff like that to give them a look right. of like that little dot is looks more like a teenager than she does like a little girl just because she's so oh, she's yeah. yeah she's so rangy looking she's like yeah I've, she's all I've angular seen... and yeah yeah, I'm seeing. I'm seeing her. She looks a lot like uh, in in old Warner Brothers cartoons. You know, um, uh, almost uh, the you know the the twelve o'clock whistles on the brink or whatever the five o'clock whistle. You know, she's she's yeah, she's got that real gangly uh, look to her, as you mm -hmm. say. Oh yeah, and got, yeah. And she's got a dog that's uh, got dots. Well, that makes sense, I suppose. <laughs> I can't begrudge her that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just that's just who she is. Well, that, nowadays, by the way, uh, there's a show called Harvey Girls Forever. Ah. Um, which which has uh, you know uh, her and little Lada. I'm trying to think who the third one is. If it's little Audrey or not, uh, but she now uh, isn't obsessed with dots. Oh, which I think a big mistake. Yeah, that's like they make them weird. more the diverse. Which you know, yeah, you gotta. Sure. Uh, but like, she's gotta still like dots. Yeah, that's, that's her thing. Uh, she does wear dots on her outfits. Yeah. Uh, but she's a genius. Mm. I'm like, okay, but no. <laughs> That's her thing. That's her only thing. It's like she likes uh, dots. It's like that's her thing. Yeah, yeah. Curiously, uh, little Audrey was the was the powerhouse of the Harvey line. She was. The, oh, was that? She was the big the big name. Yeah. She is yeah. the third of the Harvey uh, the Harvey Girls Forever team. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. The... Okay. Yeah. The, in the in in the in the days of you know like in the forties fifties sixties she was the big the big big wig. Well, she was a she was a cartoon character. Was she a cartoon character first? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. so had, I think she had so too. Of, she had some pull. Well, I think Car uh, Casper was as well, right? Okay, here's the thing. She all right. So I'm reading. I'm reading Little Audrey's thing. Oh. Little Audrey 
is a fictional character appearing in early 20th century folklore. Uh, prior to starring in a series of Paramount uh, Pictures' famous studios cartoons, uh, what well, what's that mean? Prior to starring it, she was she was a a, for, a folklore character. Well, yeah, was first, there, what if you said her name in the in the mirror three times? She showed up. I guess so. Is that, yeah. what, is that what it was? She is considered a variation of the better known Little Lulu, uh, devised after Paramount decided not to renew its license on the comic strip character uh, Little Lulu. Ah. Um, so yeah, so she's a she's a ripoff, but good honor. <laughs> she. She, they're all ripoffs. They're little iodine and yeah, oh, good old little iodine. They're all little, so little. <laughs> they grow up so fast. No, they don't. Not at all. <laughs> they don't grow up at all. No. And if they did, it would be grotesque because you'd look like that. That that horror. That that little. That you know that little dot reminds me of is the is the mum from uh, Coraline. Yes, that is actually yeah. There, that's a good example of what she looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And is this, yeah, it looks like something later- off-putting about it. It looks like later on they tried to make her kind of an Uncle Scrooge type character, uh, gathering treasure and 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 whatnot. It, it looks like, and there's guys like next to her with guns that are treasure hunters, and she's uh, leading them on, on a treasure hunt. Oh, okay. and that's uh, Little Dot's Uncles and Aunts uh, comics. And she was also in uh, Richie Rich's Girlfriends, which you know what? No, no, they're not. They're not <laughs> his girlfriends. No, they're only. Uh... Gloria. Gloria, that's right, Gloria. And barely, and barely Gloria. Gloria has one foot out the door. Uh, (laughs) What do you mean? There's no, well, like Uh, Richie's always like. Well, she's so fed up. She's so fed up with his wealth. Yeah, Yeah, I got you a giant yacht. And she's like, I don't want a fucking yacht. (laughs) And it's like, I'm not listening to you and what you tell me. (laughs) I got you. 4,000 roses. I and brought I you the you. rose parade. Rose parade. That's what yeah, I brought I you. Yeah, I got you a whale. Who ate the whale? <laughs> I'm looking at you, little dot. <laughs> why? Why me? Why me? I'm just an inventor. Oh, you don't <laughs> like dots? Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> what are we all doing here, people? <laughs> what are we all doing here? Uh, is this an animated show? Uh, yes. Okay, I was wondering if it was like a live action. Yeah, they've like taken a uh, uh, modern. Uh, uh, comedians like Lorraine uh, Lapkus and uh, and Lorraine Lapkus is is Lada, uh, and uh, they all do stuff and it's all crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's that's what it is. Chelsea Peretti's in it. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. It's 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 what it is. What are you gonna do? Not do that? That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> How about write some jokes for it? You might write some jokes. What am I going to do? Not write some jokes for it? What am I going to do? I've written Casper stuff. I'm not judging. How can I judge these people? I can't. Yeah. I probably had, I would have made Spooky at a whale, maybe. When you <laughs> when you wrote the Casper script. Yes. Or co-wrote. You co-wrote it, right? You wrote it with. I co-wrote it with my friend Roger Fredericks. Nice yeah. Friend. And then I co-wrote an episode of Casper's Scare School with uh, Drew McCready. Okay, well, yes. so when you when you wrote these things, do you feel like what you gave them was pretty good, but that they didn't quite deliver it <laughs> properly? I didn't. I don't. I, don't, I know. Maybe I don't. Maybe you don't want to say this out loud. Maybe <laughs> I should ask this to you privately. I not on the podcast. But I'm just wondering if like you were kind of like, man, these jokes are good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, well, I mean, look, man. Here's the thing. It's 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 limited by the animation they could do at the time, which was yeah. At least the, the first one was like limited by the 3D animation they could do. But I think the real problem was uh, pacing, and I pictured things at a much quicker pace. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, you know, so you picture uh, when I picture like the 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 uncles, 
Uh, I picture them as a bunch of uh, quick talking, you know, 1930s yeah, guys. Yeah, That's sure. Right. They're yeah. all Jimmy Durante. Yeah. They're all doing the thing. Yeah. Hey, you look at this. Hey, I got this thing here. I'm a, I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost now. Yeah. Right. And I feel like the voice actors fell in love with their characters. And so, you know, <laughs> the way Roger and I would always describe the jokes, it would just be like, you know, hey, Casper, come on over here. And that's what we think it would be. Yeah. And they'd be like, hey, Casper, come on over here. <laughs> like, all right. And, and you know, okay, I so is that how... were they trying to like stretch it out so that it was an hour and a half? Just by getting the voices you know, slower. <laughs> there is a benefit to, you know, filling a lot of time with just a close-up of a ghost uh, <laughs> rather than something more expensive. So I can see how they would have been on board with doing that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then let me know that and I'll write for that. But it was like, <laughs> oh, the pacing. And again, as I've always said, it's like we were told that there was going to be uh, – Polly Shore was going to be in it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, James Earl Jones was going to be in it. They'd done the last movie. Okay. They were signed up to do this one. Yeah. So we uh, peppered it with a delightful Polly Shore and James Earl Jones uh, jokes. <laughs> and they uh, didn't do it. And they kept the jokes. So it all makes sense. It all <laughs> makes sense. These references we're throwing in there. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, fine. I like, I mean, look, I like, I, I, I like uh, the Casper characters because, again, they are such archetypes that they're yeah. fun to play with. I've always kind of wanted to do uh, an Archie comic just for just for fun, mm -hmm. just because, again, they're those kind of characters as yeah. well that are just fun to just like and eh, just write some jokes for these uh, these folks. But the Archie one paid so little that I just couldn't in any good conscience do it. Like really? I would have done really? it almost for free or for charity. Yes. But for the amount that they were like going to pay per page, it was just, no, that's just, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't, there's no way I can't get it. I can't collect a check for that amount of money for, for that. No, I can't, I can't do it. It's just, uh, just be, uh, no, 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 it's wrong. So it is so, in terms of like your time, you mean the time you'd spend working on it? No, it's just wrong to pay people that shitty. Oh, okay. So you just felt just, like, oh, it's this just is wrong. And yeah. not, and not because, you know, uh, if you doubled the salary and then it was like, oh, now I can finally buy myself that nice hat. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just like, I just felt like I'd be undercutting other people yeah, too. It's like, yeah. Hey, you know, Ian was fine with working for 20 bucks a page. <laughs> I'm like, and uh, that guy's uh, da, blah, blah, blah. And like, and I and I'd go, did you work for twenty bucks a page? And I'd have to go, yeah, I worked for twenty bucks a page. And I was like, well, you're bringing everyone down. Then I know I am. I'm so sorry. So are you serious? They're offering you twenty dollars a page? I think it was about twenty five dollars a page, if that. Yeah, that is shitty. Very, very little. And I think there might have been times where they were offering fifteen for really? writing. Yeah, it was. It was very bad. Yeah, it was very very bad. And you know, that's just that's the thing. That's terrible. And I think that's uh, also for rights in perpetuity. So I think, uh, you know, they could reprint it uh, for a million years. And uh, yeah, it just made no, uh, it made no sense to do it. Uh, but it was nice because I got to do um, with uh, Stan uh, Goldberg, I think is his name. It was one of the main, oh, I'm blanking on his name and I feel terrible about this. Uh, but, but he was the guy who would always, who did a lot of Archie he also did a lot. You got of it, the, Stan Goldberg. I have the book in my bookcase here. I was just looking at uh, book. Yeah, he also did a lot of the uh, comic strips, like the newspaper comic strips. Mm. So I really liked his style, uh, and I got to do uh, an Archie parody in The Simpsons with him. So that was uh, that was pretty great, and I, I got to meet Dan DiCarlo as well. I never got to really do 
anything with him, but it still was a thrill to meet him and especially meet his wife, Josie, who is Josie from Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> and I'm like, that's Josie. I'm meeting Josie. This is neat. Yeah. That's he cool. was, uh, he was a, he was a cool cat. <laughs> he, uh, he, was, he was, he was good. And I liked, uh, I liked his, uh, books of dirty cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have one. I, uh, I have a, I have one that I, I, I um, didn't trace it, but I I copied his his a good girl art by him, and I have it hanging. Oh, it fell on the floor. Now it's all it got all wet, so it's a bit wrinkly. But anyway, it was a uh, was some good girl art that that Dan DiCarlo did that I quite quite liked. So I I did my yeah, own the, version of it. In the world of comics, uh, there was a little sad news today that uh, Denny O'Neill passed away. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, uh, he was the guy who I guess best known best known for kind of. Uh, revitalizing Batman in the seventies and making him sure. more serious with Neil Adams, kind of doing those more and, relevant with with drugs and yeah. stuff like that in the story. Yeah, he'd do that. Like his uh, his uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. They were the same comic. It was called Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Bad name. Um, <laughs> would would and, and again, it was. I remember uh, when Gail Simone uh, did a parody of the uh, X Men. Going through social issues, and yeah, the yeah. and the villain was Ham Hand, who had hams for hands, and was very ham handed about fridges. And that's that's pretty much what it was in the Green Lantern, Green Arrow thing. Yeah, yeah. Just like uh, you know, Green Lantern would be stopping a crime, and uh, they're like with an alien or whatever, and then a guy would turn and go like, "Why do you never help black people?" I'm like what? <laughs> um, Kind of save the world, I guess. That helps you a bit. Yeah, you don't care about black people at all. Oh, geez, that really bums me out. Goes to goes to Green Arrow. Hey, uh, do I not care about black people? No, you don't. Oh, geez, I got, I got, I got a deal. What, what do you think we should do? We should get in a car and uh, travel across America and learn about America. Yeah, that's what we should do. <laughs> that's what they do. Is, that, is that what they do really? Yeah, they travel across America, uh, you know, uh, learning about America because, you know, they've lost their perspective. Mm. They spent too much time in space. And then along the way, uh, Green Arrow, you know, who's very much on his high horse, uh, learns that his uh, sidekick, his Robin, whose name was Speedy, uh, was addicted to heroin. Oh, I thought it was the speed. Exactly. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) Of course, he should be addicted to speed. He should be addicted to speedballs. Exactly, he should be addicted to speedballs. Oh. Exactly, it's like if you had a sidekick called Methy. I'm like, what's he addicted to? <laughs> cocaine. I'm like, no, he's not. He's addicted to meth. No, no, of he's not the cocaine. He's a he's a cokehead. Yeah, so I that's how I envisioned his character. Yeah, I, only, I remember yeah. seeing. I, I remember reading about that as a thing. You know, like you just hear about it historically that Danny O'Neill and and uh, Neil Adams did these stories, and then you read them and you're just kind of like. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I guess at the time it felt important. Yeah. Or maybe even at the time it didn't feel important. It probably just felt like, well, I guess these guys are doing this. Yeah. He started off doing stuff with Marvel and wasn't really happy with it. He brought Professor X back from the dead after they'd killed Professor X. Uh, and then uh, he just didn't like working at Marvel. So he went over to Charlton, but didn't want to bring his good name with him. So he was a uh, Sergius O'Shaughnessy over there. <laughs> okay. So if you ever read any stories by Sergius O'Shaughnessy, you know uh, he was wor- he was working for uh, Dick Giordano there at, uh, and then uh, and then when Dick uh, was was moved back to DC, that's when he brought his friend along, uh, and uh, and 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 that's when Denny kind of became Denny. 
uh, the Denny that people know. And yeah, especially when he was teaming up with Neil Adams and did a very, a much more realistic, uh, gritty uh, type of superhero with, you know, Green Arrow and Batman and whatnot. And that my, my big, my big flaw that I think he, he, something that wasn't a flaw at the time, yeah. but uh, that has since become a flaw okay. is uh, he was the one who, who introduced the idea that uh, when the Joker uh, was, uh, was caught, he would go to the insane asylum. Ah, and I think people like that so much. The idea of like, oh, he's in the madhouse. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Uh, so you know who else should be there? Everybody. <laughs> so everyone's villains uh, was then now uh, mentally ill, and it uh, was just all crazy. And I'm like, oh, okay. But it's more fun if Batman's going after criminals yeah. who can are in charge of their own decisions, and they're bad guys, and not just someone who is obsessed and can't not tell a riddle. You know. And, <laughs> You know, it's like he's, they're all mentally ill, man. I don't think they can control their own actions. This is kind of bad. So basically his only criminal was a uh, cat woman. Yeah. And then yeah. he ended up, you know, like uh, sleeping with her. So he's got ethical issues. <laughs> he really compromised himself. Yeah, a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, just, I, I found a comic in this pile of, of books beside me here. And this comic is from Gold Key, Gold Key Comics. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Magnus Robot, Fight, Robot Fighter. That's right. 4,000 yeah. AD. Yes. And the reason I picked it up, I got it for very cheap. The reason I picked it up is that it has a great cover on it. It's like a great painted cover of someone I guess is Magnus, who I don't know what he's doing. Fighting a robot? Well, no. It looks like he's fighting a robot, but the robot is like miles away, knocking over buildings. And okay. He's, he looks like he's swatting at it or something, uh-huh. but but he can't be hitting it because it's it's very strange. Yeah, he punches robots, but I don't think he's I don't think he's got superhuman powers. So yeah. I'm just like, does he just break his hand? <laughs> and then the robots go, We yeah. feel weird. We should just give up. We're hurting him within their airness. So, it's, so it's, yeah, it's a pain it's a pain there's like it's got these grotesque looking robots. They're not even like actually one the one robot has eyes like in um actually the one robot really reminds me of the robots in that there's um there's a Doctor Who with with Tom Baker, with Leela as the as, as a companion, where they go on a on a on a ship of some sort, like a cargo ship or something that has robots on it who are, okay. you know, doing their robot thing. But then they start killing the crew, which they're not supposed to, because as we all know, the first law of of robots is thou shall not kill, or robots shall not kill humans or whatever, as according to Isaac Asimov, anyway. And yeah, so. This one has the eyes kind of like those those robots in that Doctor Who. But anyway, it's it's a strange cover because it's got these spaceships that are shooting at the robots, which to me seems more effective than than yeah, someone who's much pun- more effective than, than punching them. <laughs> but then it's got who I assume is Magnus, who is a guy who wears a short toga with a belt. Yes. And white boots. Yeah. Very very sixty. Shows off his gams. Yeah, sure does. Uh, he is like in fighting position. He's got like his fist raised. Although looking at the drawing now, it's actually wouldn't that be his left hand that he's got cocked? But anyway, so maybe he's left-handed. But his other hand, he's swiping and at his it. His left hand is cocked, and then his cock is also left. What? <laughs> it's, it's left the scene. Well, that's good because the way his his uh, his skirt, skirt, skirt his short yeah. skirt would certainly be. But so he, I, it's very Zap Brannigan kind of from. Uh, Futurama, from what I'm looking at. 
So I, I I bought this comic with this based on that cover. I was like, oh, that's really because cool. of the sexy legged man. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. and then there's a woman there too who's screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there though? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> screaming and, and and she looks a little bit like De- Debbie Reynolds actually. Sure, sure. Even, that's why you bought it. Yeah, I understand. Even down to it's a terrible drawing of her though. She's like way too long in her upper body and too short in her lower body. But anyway, so um, but then opening it up when I brought it home, I, I opened it up. And it's like the worst drawings inside it. They're like so disappointing compared to the cover, which gives you this idea that, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. Some great art going on here. No, just terrible art. <laughs> is he a giant, though? Or is he, or this person very small? I don't know. It's anyway, it doesn't matter. But inside. Asking, is, is Magnus Robot Fighter a giant? Yeah, but he's not. He's, he's not a giant. Himself. No. He's not. Uh, but inside on the inside cover is a uh, Richie Rich uh, Twinkie ad, which, of course, is great. Okay. It's, it's Richie Rich. And Who then, is he going up against? Who is he fighting? Or uh, is he fighting it? He is fighting. It looks like it's a fortune. Robbers? Looks like a fortune teller. Okay. Is uh oh no 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 she, she looks like she's angry but no no it's nothing to do with her. So he's at a fortune teller with Cadbury. Yeah. And she tells him that uh, his father has acquired a new fortune. It looks like bars of gold, but it's soft and spongy. She says you're going to love it, and he's like, oh, I wonder if this could be true. It sounds wonderful. And Cadbury says, indeed it does. For no reason, disagree. But then yeah. there's some criminals outside, silhouetted outside the, the window. They're looking in and they, they're like, oh, uh, he's having his fortune told. He's getting a new fortune. How fortunate for us. <laughs> and then we cut to Mr. Rich, who's opening up a package. And uh, suddenly these guys show up <laughs> out of nowhere. Although it's a huge expanse. I don't know how they wandered up without anyone noticing. Because, of course, we all know that the rich estate is is infinite in size. It is both small and large and in between. It can it is a house that's a ginormous house. It's a small house. It's a whatever house they need for that story. In this story it's a pretty big house. The the lawn is huge and how these guys walked in, I don't know. But anyway, they're there, they're like they've come to take the box of treasure. But then uh wait, wait a second. Oh yeah, they <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out so so Cadbury I guess all three of them throw these robbers into garbage cans. Mm-hmm. That's the end of them. It's thrown into garbage okay, can. Yeah. You're done, of yeah. course. You're dead. Because yeah. Mr. Rich knows judo. He says, surprise, I know judo. And then Richie Rich says, I hope you enjoy your trip. And he trips one of them into a garbage can. Nice. And then Cadbury says, your only fortune is there with the trash. And he throws them into the trash. And then it's revealed that the box is golden Twinkies, not gold. And then the slogan, eat the rich. Like, <laughs> what? Well. And then, uh, yeah, then it's Magnus Robot Fighter, poorly drawn. Mm-hmm. And then they just put, and then little Lotta just pushes them all to the side and just devours it all. And then like finish, <laughs> finishes it off with like two whales. I puts them in your mouth and pulls them out like skeletons. It's funny you say that. I don't think there was them. crossover between those characters. Little Lotta and uh, and Richie Rich. Well, wouldn't she be one of Richie's girlfriends? Oh, I guess I in that, so. I guess in that instance, but I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Saying, I don't remember reading that. I don't remember reading that that book. Let me see, Richie Rich's girlfriends. Uh, looking up the uh, looking up the thing. Uh, oh, actually, uh, yeah, yeah, she's one of his girlfriends. His girlfriends are uh, little uh, little Audrey, uh, little Dot, little Lotta, Gloria, yeah, and uh, and uh, I think it's made of money. Huh? Yeah, made of money. Made well, she's not his girlfriend. She's his enemy. She's the bad girl. Yeah. Nice. Wow. You know, she's got a little something for him. She's uh, and he's got a little something for her. You know, he can't, he can't be always, like, interested. You know, Gloria, it's it's fine. But, you know, sometimes, you know, we're Ian, cheap. Ian, would you be interested in any items from the American Circle Corporation, Department 
61-H? Well, I don't want to be a circle jerk about it, but uh, let's see. Uh, yes, I, yes, I would. Uh, tell me more. By the way, I sell grit. So I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, I'm going to well, try to talk you to a subscription later on. Perhaps you would be interested in, for 75 cents, 101 mm-hmm. magic tricks. Ooh, that is uh, less than a penny a trick. Anyone can do them. No skill or sleight of hand required. Do you know amazing what, tricks with cards, coins, paper, pencils, cigarettes, handkerchiefs, etc. I love watching a magician with no skill. <laughs> That's the best of all. Isn't that great when you're just like... You know what? I don't think this magician has any uh, ability and skill. This is good. I'm enjoying it. Okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying watching Okay, I know you're tempted by that for 75 cents. I kind of am. But for 14 okay, more cents, ahead. for 14 more cents, right. sure. 89 cents, you can get 1,001 free things. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> get free gifts, novelties, books, product samples, toys, maps, etc. from companies federal agencies, associations, yes. etc., yes. that are yes. anxious to send you free sure. 63-page book with names and addresses to write to for your 1,001 free things. Yeah, that's exactly right. You do not have to send anyone anything. Like They will just send that to you. You could call them up and go send me these things, and then the government would send you things. There was always that stuff. That was always the situation. You could talk to the po- you could go to the post office and yeah. go, "Hey, you got a free uh, starter kit for like collecting stamps?" Yeah, here it is. <laughs> we all we're a government agency, of course we do, of course we do, and we're interested in selling you know? stamps. Yeah, you go, you go like to NASA, and you go like, "Hey NASA, could I? Do you got any like pictures of space?" I'm like, "Yeah, do you want some? Yes, do you want a poster? Yeah, here you go." We're NASA. Of course we got that shit. You got it. Take it. In fact, you know, that's the case now, too. You know, for any place that doesn't just go, go to our website, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you dum-dum. But, but that, that was a thing. Yeah, you would, uh, you know, any government agency. And then also, say, uh, you know, um, there was like Welsh's grape juice. You know, it's like Welsh's has some promotional material. And maybe like a little toy grape, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, like a thing. Yeah. yeah, they'll send you that. Absolutely. That's pretty good. Done. Pretty good. All right. Yeah. Um, so for a dollar more, mm-hmm. or not a dollar more, sorry, for 11 cents more, so a dollar, it's 10 instruments in one. Every hobbyist, camper, sports fan, hunter, scout will want one. You get all of the following in this little, only three and a half, when folded, wonder, reading, lens, so one is a reading lens. Two, compound microscope. Okay. Three, adjustable telescope. Four, sure. focusing binoculars. Seems like they're doing a lot of the same stuff here. Uh, five, directional compass. Mm-hmm. Six, solar time clock. This is also known okay. as also known as a. Isn't that also a compass? Isn't what? that a sundial? A sundial. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sundial. Sorry, not a compass. Uh, seven, flat mirror. Eight, magnifying mirror. Nine, fire lighter also known as a magnifying glass. Ten, code transmitter, also known as a mirror. One dollar. What do you think of that? <laughs> let's let's put those things into actual, so reading lens, that's a magnifying glass. Sure. Compound microscope, magnifying glass. Adjustable telescope, okay, that's different. So, that's, so one thing, adjustable telescope, fo- focusing binoculars, that's both the same thing. Two things again. <laughs> the compass is four. The solar time clock, oh, I don't know. We'll say that's five. 
flat mirror, six. Magnifying mirror, that's the same thing. Fire lighter, that's a magnifying glass. Co-transmitter, that's a mirror. So really, there's just six things in it. <laughs> it's a bit of a ripoff. All right. Yeah, it's, it seems like their, uh, their gimmick there is um, uh, lots of stuff. It's just like, would you would you like some ice cream? Yeah, I'd like vanilla ice cream. You can't have vanilla ice cream. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, what what can I have? Can I have some chocolate? No, you can't have chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Oh, okay, what can I have? I'm going to give you, for $1, yeah. 20 ice creams. Oh. 20 ice creams. Not, that sounds really, really good. Yeah. So what kind are they? Don't, don't. Don't, don't you mind what they are. <laughs> You're just going to get 20 technically, yeah. technically yeah. ice creams, technically. Okay, but what flavors? Shut up. Just take them. <laughs> going to have to. Okay, can I just have 10? No. We need to get rid of 20 of them. We need you to take <laughs> these 20 things out of this out of this building, out of out of uh, to the sidewalk, at least to the sidewalk, and you cannot bring them back. Wow. No matter what you find. <laughs> oh, dear. Sign this paper accepting the 20 ice creams. Yeah. And then you will leave, and it's like, oh, are they delicious? Mm. Just sign the fucking paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's anything like the uh, 10 instruments in one, they're like, it comes with vanilla ice cream, white ice cream, <laughs> ice cream flavored like vanilla. Um, egg ice cream. What's this one? It tastes like an eggshell. This is one. This is one that I would have loved as a kid. I know that I poured over. I, I know that I drooled over this 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 idea. But this was quite expensive. That's normal. My taste is, you know, I'm such a, a refined person. My taste. My, but uh, one ninety five. You can get a secret safe. Looks like an attractively bound book in simulated leather, but open. But open. Oh, see. Okay, I guess. Sorry. It looks like. But when it's opened, I guess they have. They have to kind of speak in, in shorthand. But open reveals a combination lock safe in camouflage. Sorry, to camouflage your valuable papers, money, etc. Four by six by one and a half. I think it is. It's hard for me to read. It's, it's either four by eight by one and a half or four by six. I'm here one ninety five or one ninety six for that. Oh, as a kid, I would have loved that. As a kid. I got a book. It was like something like something for adventure, something like that. I bought it at a white elephant sale at school, and I read the first few stories. And it was a bit of a, it was a, not a great book. I decided, and I was like, you know what I'm gonna do with this book? I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut a cavity in it, and I'm gonna hide stuff in this book. This will be my hiding place book. So I proceeded to begin to like. I didn't realize how hard this would be, by the way. I thought this would be pretty <laughs> easy to do. It's just paper, right? It turns out it's very difficult. So I'm there, sweating away, cutting with a probably the completely ina- inadequate knife, cutting my book. Cutting a, a you know a little cavity in this book, a little rectangular shaped cavity. And I'm cutting away, and my brother walks in and sees what I'm doing, and then all purpose goes out the window. There's absolutely no purpose now. He's seen my secret hiding place. <laughs> he knows what book it is, so yeah. I can't use it now as a secret hiding place because it's no longer a secret. So I just I just stopped there, which I probably was looking for an excuse to stop anyway because it was really hard to do. I have to say, and I was this is you know, I was probably in grade four when I was attempting this, so I was pretty young. Probably too young, really, to be like messing around with sharp, sharp knives. And uh, yeah, it was it's too bad. So it would have been great if I could have afforded a dollar ninety five and or ninety six for this uh, mad so secret safe. Would have been great. Yeah, would have been great. But for a dollar more, Ian, one of the greatest inventions of all time. And I'm sure all of us wanted to get this. This ad does not show it to its its best best use, but submarine X ray specs. 
Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the guy yeah. is looking at his hand and seeing the bones in his hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other ones showed a woman walking and you're looking at her with sure. your Sure, why not? Oh. Yeah. But this is just uh, this is just a hand. Uh, and and, uh, and, you, and you go up to that woman and go, you want to see my bony hands? <laughs> As it turns out, though. And, and then you uh, give her the glasses, and when she puts the glasses on, she can't see that you're staring at her in a creepy way. <laughs> Very effective. Mm-hmm. However, if you do read the the copy of this, you will you'll get a bit of a you'll realize that as a kid you were you were trusting too much in just the single simple 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 description X-ray specs. Slip on a pair of these X-ray specs. This hilarious optical illusion allows you to seemingly quote unquote see the bones of your hands. Lots of fun at parties. Your friends will think you can see right through them. So it's an optical illusion. Not actually right, x-ray so specs. Your friends will think you can see right through them. Yeah. So, like, you put the glasses on and say to them, I can see through your hand. Yep. And they go, we believe you. The end. What a great joke. <laughs> what a great joke that is. And they don't go, can I put them on? Uh, I guess. Here. Oh, this is an optical illusion. Mm, yeah, I guess that didn't work. Listen, would you like 20 ice creams? Because <laughs> i got to get rid of these 20 <laughs> technically ice creams. Yeah. One of the flavors is radiation. <laughs> the, would, worst, the worst one was, though, sorry, the yeah. submarine, which was the cardboard submarine that really works. What? <laughs> yeah, it was a cardboard submarine. How? You build a submarine. Yeah. And go in the water then, in you it? Know, they tried to make it that it was like a real submarine that would work. It's like, yeah, here's what happens when you get a submarine in the water. Not good things, but it's cardboard. <laughs> Not great. But yeah. Uh, there's one that looks interesting. Uh, to, to fool to fool people, I think to good effect, a complete special investigator kit. Okay. First time offered, professional type detective badge and case includes professionally styled silver badge of extra heavy nickel for use by private and special investigators, plus authentic type carrying case and ID card, all for only two ninety eight. Nice. Pretty good, eh? I like that hey, it's. Mel, a, let me give you- I like that it's professional type. I just can't. It's authentic type. I just like their weird use of the word type in there. It's interesting. Okay, so this this cardboard submarine. Yes. Okay. This is the, this is the Polaris nuclear sub. Okay. It is over seven feet long. It is big enough for two kids. Yeah. It fires rockets. It fires torpedoes. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. It's got a real periscope that works. All right. It's electrically lit uh, instrument panel. Once again, this is all great in the water. Um, how much would you pay for this Polaris nuclear sub back in, let's say, 67? Okay. Polaris nuclear sub, once again, seven feet long, fits two kids, fires rockets and torpedoes. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lit dashboard. It's got a working periscope. <laughs> okay. What are you going to – what are you going to – you got a 10-day free trial as well. You can return this thing if you want. But you, what, don't, you uh, don't go in the water in it. There's nothing in, the ad, there's nothing in the ad that says it can go in the water, right? Mm, it's hard to like. I can't get it big enough to see. I think it's okay. just. I think it's just for sitting in in your living room, right? Sounds your... lovely. Okay, sitting in your living room. How much are you going to pay? Um. Well, it sounds kind of fun. Me and my me and my friend can pretend that we're we're uh, in a submarine. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. So I would be willing to pay for that. I'd be willing to pay two ninety five. Uh, six ninety five. Whoa, that's expensive. I've got I've got picture. Okay, I've got a video of it. I've got pictures of it. The okay. real one. Oh, it's wow. actually pretty good looking. Yeah. It's pretty good looking, but uh, a uh, it would not be good. To, it is cardboard. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't really don't think it's for the water. I think it's a for playing with, like this for playing, you know, imaginary games. Didn't yeah. you Didn't you play imaginary games when you were growing up? 
Yeah, but not with a real thing. Well, that's not that... real either. It's just cardboard. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Quit saying it's real when it's cardboard. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> but it's a real object. It's not a fantasy object. That's fine. I would play with a fantasy. I mean, my friend and I, we would, we would, we lived in a post-apocalyptic nightmare landscape. Right. Terrorscape. Uh, and we walked around and we killed mutants with our bow and arrows. And we had actual bow and arrows. And we would just shoot them at trees that were obviously horrible mutants that were trying to kill us. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Back from back then. Yeah. Okay, I've sent you. I've sent you a link to it. Cool. I will. I will uh, post that. I will post that on the on the show. Yeah, the Polaris nuclear sub was very popular. Like that. There's many different ads for the for the actual nuclear sub. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty good. You got some kids who are like under a Christmas tree with it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. There's this. There's the sexy X-ray specs guys. Big pervert. <laughs> uh, looking, looking through. Looking at the lady through her dress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. It doesn't work that way. Apparently, it's just an yeah. illusion. Just an illusion. Well, yeah. Otherwise, it would be a crime. I'm just gonna pull a, a jacket on. Just one second. Okay. Please do. Thank you. I have my window open because of the uh, the dust from sanding stuff for the last couple couple weeks okay. in my shop. So. I'm just gonna whip through this really fast, and you tell yeah, me how yeah. much you'd pay for these. Okay, well, this sounds like it's this sounds like it's a bit later than the mine. My ad's very early on, obviously. Okay, so these are all around 60, 67. These are around sixty-five, sixty-seven. So you've gone with the X-ray specs. Uh, how much were your X-ray specs? Well, mine's from seventy-seven, and the X-ray specs in here were a uh, dollar. Yeah, I got a dollar too. There was okay. still a dollar. Okay. 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 How about now? Listen. How about this? Yeah. I got I got you a Frontier Cabin. Frontier Cabin. Frontier. Frontier cabin, big okay. enough for two to three kids. Two to three kids set up, looks like a real log cabin. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, all right. So big enough, once again, Yeah. for two to three kids. Well, what How was the, sorry, the Polaris one was $6.95? That's correct. So it's about the, the same time. For the log cabin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go $5. Oh, listen. Yep. For $5, yeah. you would get... Yeah. Six cabins. Because they are a dollar each <laughs> wow. or five for four dollars. Oh wow. Yeah. So uh they must have not been very big then. Obviously they're just like either cardboard it's, or plastic. It's some cardboard uh, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's a box. They're yeah. selling you a box. <laughs> okay. But the printed box. It's got print printed pretend log logs on the side of it. All right. Now this is uh knockoff Charles Atlas. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna need you're gonna get muscles. Yeah. In 35 days. I'm okay. I think like if it says, oh, this is one of those scams. They don't tell you how much it is. They're gonna they're gonna really push it on you later. They're gonna. Uh, give you okay, one of those kind of scams. You don't have to send any money in the mail. Yeah, you're not gonna. Okay, how about this? Okay. Hey Dave, do you like sexy ladies? Well, I do like sexy ladies. All right. Here's what it is. Okay. It's a life size inflatable doll. Now listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say these all look like women that you would see. In the TV show The Avengers, hmm. they would replace a Diana Rigg. Oh, nice! Uh, and and let me say, yeah, you can either get it with a blonde wig, or you can get it with a brunette wig. Oh, these are sex dolls. These are sex dolls, basically. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're sex dolls. Um, <laughs> okay. They were advertising in a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they're not. What? What? Well, oh my God! They're saying, yeah. Well, all right. They, they mentioned here while these blow up ladies are, they say they're anatomically correct. They're not equipped for lovemaking. They say that. But if you want, but if you want something to cuddle with, uh, they'll do. Mm. So uh, they say, just add air, lifelike in every detail. How much would you pay? I think we're talking seventy-five right now. Okay, nineteen seventy-five for a life-size inflatable doll. Oh, I judging from the but the quality of it, it was going to probably be around a dollar ninety-five. I'm going to say nine ninety-five. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty expensive. That doesn't seem worth it. 
Now, Dave, what would you pay for sea monkeys? Uh, You've seen the ad all your life. How I much? Know. It's always the same amount. Is it really? How much? Well, when you were a kid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was always know, the same. Three dollars. Dollar twenty-five. Oh, a dollar twenty-five. Dollar twenty-five. I, I underguess one, and then I over. I and then I over the next one. It's just it's silly. But anyways, now, Dave, sea monkeys. What would you say yeah. if I said I could add three inches to your height? I'd say, who am I, Ronan Farrow? Exactly. Uh, but I can. I can give you three inches of good, strong height. Okay. How much would you pay for that? You're going to be taller. This is from about 75. Okay. Uh, $3. $3? Yes, sir. Yeah. This will cost you seven ninety-eight. Seven ninety-eight. Well, that's, that's pretty good. Apparently yeah. a very painful operation. Now, say you're a lady. Okay. And you want men to obey you. <laughs> I have a perfume for you. <laughs> oh, okay. It's called Chazelle. 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 Her home, then, her house, yes. And then, and, yeah, in brackets, what a perfume. <laughs> and it right. will make you control men. Oh. Yeah. He will, it will make men love you wildly. Yeah. Fiercely. Yeah. Uh, do you want to make him say, darling, I adore you, I worship you, I'll do anything for you? You, well, know, you know I do. Well, then uh, how much are you going to pay for this perfume? I guess, I guess I'd be willing to go as high as $4? $2. Jeez. <laughs> $2 to control mankind. <laughs> that is quite the scent. Now, Dave, I'm going to take you back to 1968. You know what the, the, you know what that scent makes me want to say? What's that? Hoo-ha! <laughs> it's 1968, yeah. Yeah. and I've got something. Oh, Dave, I can't even believe that I didn't start with this. Okay. This is a hypnocoin. <laughs> okay. Yep, hypnocoin. It's a pocket size invention sure. that helps hypnotize in minutes. It must work for you or your money back. It must you work. Yeah, you'll thrill and amaze them at parties and gatherings yeah. uh, with hypnotic feats of memory, stunts, and exhibitions. You know what I mean when I say exhibitions. <laughs> of course I, mean, I do. Pants, pants are coming off. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so you just send your money to hypnotic aids uh, in New York. Uh, how much would you pay for a hypnocoin that can control your friends? One dollar. One dollar? Yeah. Bang on. It's one buck. You know why I know Absolutely. that? Because I'm looking at the same ad. <laughs> oh, are you? Fantastic. The hypnocoin. Do you realize the power that hypnotism will give you? With the magic power of hypnosis, you can hypnotize at a glance, make people obey your commands, strengthen your your memory, develop a strong personality, overcome bad habits, 36 Lessons covers this and much more. Order now and receive, sorry, and receive new patented HypnoCoin. Exactly. And I'm going to end here with 204 revolutions. Oh, so the HypnoCoin is free. It's the less lessons in hypnotism that you're paying yeah, for. Yeah, you can't charge for the coin legally. It's a, The coin is its own thing. Okay. It must be free. You have the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and the coin is part of that. Sure. But you're not, you don't have the right to an education. So they charge you for the education. That's correct. <laughs> um, finally, though, Revolutionary War Soldiers. I'm going to offer you. I'm going to offer you 204 Revolutionary War Soldiers. Oh, I'm yeah, those. <laughs> I'm going to give you infantry men. Yeah. I'm going to give you cavalry men. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going are to you gonna give, give me, you. Are you going to give me dragoons? I'm going to give you officers. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm going to give you other things. Uh, <laughs> cannon fodder. I'm going to give you all this. Uh, how much would you pay? Are there Minutemen uh, in this? Gonna, Are there Minutemen? I'm going to say 70, 1976, maybe 1977, for 204 Revolutionary War soldiers. Oh, $9? 
nine dollars for two. Uh, Dave, I'm offering you two hundred and four oh, revolutionary war soldiers. Yeah, dollar ninety-eight. <laughs> wow. Dollar ninety-eight. I guess those things. Yeah. They obviously they sold. They did, and they sold enough that it was worth their while to print these in a, in a in a comic book, which must have been fairly pricey to have an ad in them. I would think. I wonder. I wonder how much comic book ads were. I really don't like, know. Like it made sense for these people to like do all these micro ads that were there, like yeah, so small. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 I'm kind of curious. I remember there was even a thing there where they would show you how to make money by putting micro ads in magazines and comics. Remember those? <laughs> no, that was a thing. Like one of the remember. ads was, "Do you want to make money from ads like this? Yeah. We'll show you. You just put micro ads, and they never said what the ads were for. Yeah. Ever. It was yeah. just like. All you have to do is place small ads in magazines and newspapers and comic books all around the country. And the money just keeps rolling in, boy. And it's like, all right. But I'm selling all these sex dolls. Yeah, I know. But not that you can't have sex with. It's weird. Um, mm, <laughs> uh, let me just say, in the back of this, this comic book, this is a full-color sure. ad on the, back, on the inside of the back cover, is a rather popular TV show character, much beloved by you and I. As children, okay. um, do you know who it would be? 1977. Well, you said beloved uh, is beloved. Okay, uh, Columbo. No, not Columbo. This is for this James is more. For, this is more for kids. More for kids. Oh, he's a beloved. Uh, 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 Mork. Would that be Robin Williams as no, Mork? It's the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, okay, that does make sense. You could buy his Mission Control Center. Oh, very good. Yes, indeed. Okay. Inflatable dome, 26 inches wide, 17 inches high, with a secret escape hatch. Communications console with plug-in cables, command chair, and headset. Here's the thing I never saw. I mean, I had a I had the six million dollar man action figure when I was growing up. I did not, however, have Oscar Goldman, who I think was a better character. Okay. In terms of like toys, the stuff he got with him, his, his briefcase was fantastic. Yeah, but, his briefcase was good, but here's the problem with Oscar Goldman. Okay. Is if you purchased Maskatron, but you didn't get the briefcase. You didn't get a briefcase, but you got Oscar Goldman. You're, it's still fine. You can still be Oscar Goldman. Buy your briefcase somewhere else, sir. <laughs> but the, here's something that I never, I never saw in my time as, as, a, as a, uh, a collector of six million dollar man uh, ephemera. Is you could get critical assignment arms. So these were replacement arms that you could you could buy and add to. Um, so there's one that was. Sorry, I, I got the briefcase add up. Okay, go ahead. Okay, there was the laser arm. Yeah. Battery not included. There was the neutralizer arm. Okay. And then there was the oxygen supply arm, which comes with an oxygen mask attached to the arm that you could put on your on your uh, your thingy. Oh, that's your, pretty great. On your on your doll. Was there ever a uh, Bigfoot um, doll? Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember that. I don't either. And that's surprising because he was so popular. Was he that popular? The Bigfoot episode of Six Million Dollar Man? Yeah. I would say yes. I would say very much so, yes. Yeah. I can't think of anything. Like, to the point where Bigfoot then later shows up in um, Bionic Woman. And there's, like, a whole plot with teleportation. Like, the, there's some sort of scientific organization that can teleport Bigfoot into, uh, you know, into the woods. And so he's fighting uh, he's fighting her. But I think he falls in love with her. And I think he might pull a Jaws. And by that, I mean Jaws from, uh, from uh, James Bond and turn out to be a good guy at the end. Oh, I think I he might uh, change his mind. He is a robot. He's a full Bigfoot is a robot. 
let's 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 in the, let's in the get show. That. Yeah, he does he does help in the end. He was played by Andre the Giant in the in the. Uh, mm-hmm. show. I mentioned that on the the fan splinters actually. For some reason, I mentioned that he had played Bigfoot. Oh yeah, because we were just talking about his acting creds. Uh, and I just remember him being in the credits as Andre the Giant. And at that time, I did not know who Andre the Giant was. So, as a kid. sorry, I'm looking. At there, sorry, there is a, another. Okay, this one is making me laugh. Uh, there's the sensational, startling new invisible helmet. Now, here's the thing about this helmet. Okay. You put it on. Yeah. Now you see people. They can't see you. Oh. Yeah. Because you're <laughs> invisible in this helmet. Yeah. That's a huge helmet with the words written on it space helmet on top and then even larger <laughs> below yeah uh space cadet oh dear <laughs> but it's an invisible helmet i can't stress this enough yeah yeah no one can see you i really hope that when you got the helmet it came with a book of instructions that told you remember to take off your clothes because they would remain visible while you're wearing the helmet <laughs> only when you take off your clothes will you be completely invisible you know what you could you know what you could actually say though yeah. with that? Yeah. It's like put on the helmet, take off your clothes. Yeah. We guarantee no one will be looking at your face. <laughs> your face will be completely invisible. <laughs> invisible, visible, visible. With the power of genitalia <laughs> as a distraction. Okay. I'm sending you that as well. All right, there your we genitalia. Go. Oh, thank you. That's right. It, but it's okay. It's invisible. That's what I heard. Uh, the there's way, a I'm... great. Um, there's a great album by this. Um, by this New York poet who is also a member of the Fugs named Tuli Kupferberg, called "No Deposit, No Return," and it's just him. The whole record is just him reading out various ads of this sort uh, to musical backing, and it's quite good. He has a very like very nasally, you know, kind of thick New York, you know, Bronx or Brooklyn sort of accent. So it kind of adds to the, to the, uh, the ad, but yeah, just there's all this kind of great stuff, just things he found in the back of magazines and stuff like that, that he collected. And so he just did this sort of, uh, the record's called No Deposit, No Return, An Evening of Rap Poetry with Tuli Kupferberg. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very good. In my, in my nice. heady days as a, uh, as a young record collector, I collected all the fugs, things I could find. And that was one of them. Well, let's uh, let's throw out a plug right now uh, for your other podcast, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. If you want to hear more stuff about oh, music yeah. uh, and listen to music, uh, then David does a podcast uh, with his daughter Mary. That's not how she got the job. She auditioned <laughs> like everyone else. That's true. Um, and it's a rigorous uh, and, auditioning uh, thing. She had to go. She had to come. Actually, she came back three times. We couldn't. We couldn't make up our mind. It was between her and another girl. In, yeah, it was actually her in a wig. It was still her in a wig. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, last time we did the show, the power went out halfway through the show. Oh, so that was pretty exciting. But luckily, uh, because I'm using this my di- this digital recorder now and not recording on the computer, a we didn't lose the entire show, so that was good. And b, uh, we were able to because con- I have batteries in this thing, so we were able to to record the rest of the show just using the batteries in the digital recorder. So that was pretty good. It got quite dark. I'd use right. my I'd use my phone to read my notes, but other than that, it was uh, it was smooth. And the latter sailing. half of the sh- yeah, the latter half of the show is you guys going, is that a ghost? All scared. It's more like us bumping into things because we couldn't see anything anymore. Uh, I'm going to shift over to letters if that is okay. All right. Because we're it's the two-hour mark. Uh, by the way, I would like to ask as one of our questions of the week, did you ever order anything from a comic book or magazine? Hmm. And did how did that work out for you? I'll also accept 
ordering something from TV, from a late night infomercial or something like that? Did you ever order something uh, from TV, magazines, uh, comics? And uh, how did that work out for you? Was it what you expected? Did you get ripped off? Mm -hmm. for, for me, I ordered a comic book. Uh, and that was an Archie comic book. And I thought, oh, this is a nice, friendly Archie comic book. And it was horrific. It was all oh, so terrifying. Why? Because um, it was a horror comic book. It was uh, hosted by Sabrina. And okay. the idea was that it was them trying to basically do like a um, House of Mystery or an EC comic type thing. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and so it was all done in the Archie style. Yeah. But then people would be like, you know uh, – possessed by the devil and dragged away and killed and there's murder and people getting their heads bashed in <laughs> and it was like i think it was called like i want to say it was called archie's madhouse or something but it wasn't madhouses and crazy stuff's going on it was like like it was a it was a horror comic yeah and it was like one of like three i think they did and i think then they got in trouble with parents because it was too satanic because there was a lot of devil stuff in okay, there. Okay, okay. Um, but but yeah, it uh, it was a little bit jarring. I got I ordered that from a comic, and then I had a, got a subscription to Spectacular Spider-Man, and my Spectacular Spider-Man subscription never came. And so my parents went, comic books are a ripoff. So never order from comic books again, and we never did. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Way to go, Marvel. I wanted, to get, I wanted to get comic books in the mail. They were mailed flat. Yeah. It's like that. But very exciting to get like a Spider-Man comic in the mail. Oh man, so good. Well, that's probably um, that's probably because Marie Severin, you know, she had to do everything in those days. She wasn't just coloring the comics; she was also having to do all the subscription stuff. I blame her. Yeah, this got mixed up. This got lost in the the shuffle of of the of the Marvel bullpen. Those guys. All right, to our <laughs> to our letters. Uh, last week we asked the question. We put up a lot of KTEL stuff. Uh, we asked, the uh, "What's something that your pet does that's weird?" And mm. also, who's your favorite author as a teenager? Uh, so, uh, Mick Elliott wrote us, Hey, uh, Ian and David, great episode this week. Thanks, Mick. Uh, loved your discussions on Lord of the Rings and the throwback, uh, chat on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, this is definitely fansplainers potential in both, hint, hint. Uh, I just <laughs> finished rereading Lord of the Rings, which like David, I had, uh, last read, uh, just before the Peter Jackson films were released. It was mm. brilliant to revisit them and remember just how uh, much was not in the films, despite the overall nine plus hour running time. I'm on the fence about Tom Bombadil's exclusion from the films. Great character on the page, but ultimately a side street for the narrative, which would have occupied at least half an hour of screen time. Yeah, and that's now, fine. Yeah. And now he's fine with that. And now on to pets. When I was a teen, we owned an enormous Siamese cat named Misha, who had a habit of climbing onto your head while you slept. I had a group of friends over one night to watch videos back when that was a thing. And in the morning, one of them told me that he woke up in the middle of the night with a cat sitting on his face. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, Mitch's favorite place to sit was the middle of our driveway. The car pulled in. He would glance idly up at the driver, then sprawl out again, refusing to move. We had to get out of the car and lift him out of the way if we wanted to get into the garage. It was like he was trying to assert his authority over us. This went on for four years until my brother reversed out of the garage in his 78 Toyota Corolla without looking, and Misha's reign came to an end. That's a sad story, um, but uh, predictable, I suppose. Poor Misha. <laughs> Favorite author as a teenager was Hergé, which serendipitously, serendipitously led me uh, decades later to Sneaky Dragon, for which I am thankful. And we're thankful as well. Yeah. Uh, lastly, a late reply to your call out for favorite jokes. A man walks into a bar, says, ouch. Well, now I'm less thankful. Um, yeah, uh, that joke uh, passed the bar. <laughs> just want to 
this is a shout out to Mick that we got your package, Mick. So thank you very much for that. Mick sent us a care package that is to be opened for episodes 450. And so I'm looking forward to that. I, I, he had to write down the contents on the outside of the box. So I'm not going to tell you what, what it says, but I, so I have an idea, but it's uh, one of those, uh, inflatable ladies from the comic books. <laughs> an inflatable lady. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It'll be great. So Thanks, I'm looking man. forward to that. A care package for it's episode It's better than to get those uh, I don't care packages. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm indifferent to uh, this. Scott, uh, Scott McInnes uh, writes. Scott McInnes. Uh, hi, McInnes. Yep. What did I say? No, no. It just, you, faded, you faded out a little bit there, so I thought I would repeat oh, it. Just... Uh, hi, Ian and Camille. I loved 444, <laughs> especially David's defense of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Surely there's a fansplainer episode in here. Well, that's what the last guy said, Scott. Listen. Jeez, repeating it. Well, fine. Um, anyway, on to your question. When I was a teenager, my favorite author was, was uh, and still is, Guy N. Smith. Uh, sounds made up. Uh, he's an English author of, uh, yeah, it's like, he. who's your favorite author? Um, you know, that guy. Uh-huh. What's his last name? You know, he's a guy and uh and uh Smith <laughs> Okay. Hmm. The authors were fantastic and gore the stories were fantastical and gory. The covers were properly a trashy, colorful seventies style. I uh, generally found them in charity shops, so they had that musty smell. Oh, that's, oh, a good that's, smell. that's a good smell, yeah. Yeah. His uh you know, if a woman had a perfume like that, she could just control anyone. <laughs> Only for uh, his two dollars. Yeah, his world was full of killer crabs, locusts, snakes, and bats. There were demons, occult investigators, and vampires. Deadly droughts, horrendous radioactive accidents, and ghostly airports full of demonic plots. Pilots, uh, and probably plots. Uh, honestly, I have every one of his books, and if I ever need a wee break from reality, I still turn to them. Uh, the other books I was obsessed with uh, were the Asterix books. I think my entire knowledge of history comes from Asterix, the Carry On mm-hmm. Films, and Black Adder. Stay safe over there in Canada, says Scott. And then he gives us the link to the guy to guyandsmith.com. So oh. if you go to our Sneaky Dragon page and look up uh, this episode, which is 444, uh, just go down uh, with the message boards and you'll you'll find that link there. Ah, that sounds cool. I did not realize he put a link there. I'll have to go check that out. Uh yeah, Asterix, definitely all of my knowledge of Latin, besides the fact that I took Latin in university, all of my knowledge of Latin came from, came from Asterix for sure. I would, Good stuff. Who would, who would even know like things like Elia, Jack to Est and things like that? No one, no one. So uh, Todd writes us and says, hoi polloi means the common people, <laughs> not rich elites. I thought he was saying so hi that- at first. They're like, hoi. But anyway, okay, no, he wasn't. Hoi polloi. Ahoy, hoi. <laughs> uh, so in that sense, I suppose uh, librarians really are the hoi polloi, more or less. Indeed. <laughs> well spoken. Uh, my favorite author is a teenager. Hard to just pick one. But when I was in high school, I got hooked on Stephen Jay Gould's uh, book on paleontology and natural history. Besides the science, Gould would touch on all sorts of side topics throughout his essays. So reading him also got me interested in Gilbert and Sullivan and other random stuff like that. At one point, cool. my school library uh, even gave me one of Gould's books because I was the only one who had ever checked it out. <laughs> it was uh, kind of falling apart, and they were going to mm. throw it away. Uh, anyway, I, I didn't want it, but still, I chose to see this as an honor. Yeah, I used to live with someone who was an enormous Stephen Jay Gould uh, fan and uh, had most of his books and was very excited when uh, they appeared on The Simpsons. Huh. 
That's funny. I, for the I, episode uh, where Lisa sees an angel. Hmm. I got. Uh, I got the. Uh, what does he talk about? Separate magisteria in that episode. I got. Um. I got his book, The Panda's Thumb, from from my local library. Actually, they were selling it as a. I guess as a unwanted book. So now I have oh. it. Now it is a wanted book. Wanted Good for man. murder. Oh jeez. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it killed a man. What could I do? Just. Just to watch him die. <laughs> Just to watch him die. Uh, and then yeah, it, was in, it was in Reno. You're right. Uh, our friend Louise uh, writes us and says, Hey guys, it's back to Middle Earth again because Tolkien was my favorite author as a teenager. <laughs> I had the brothers uh, Hildebrandt wall calendars and the Hobbit's Journey art journal. I think we would have been friends when we were all kids. Um, I drew <laughs> pictures of uh, Galadriel, that sounds made up, and Hobbits Galadriel, and dragons yeah. in my. Yeah, maybe. It sounds fake. <laughs> Galadriel and Smith? <laughs> uh, my sketch I drew and dragons in my sketchbooks. Yeah. Uh, due to the dearth of female characters in the Lord of the Rings, I read the uh, Ewan of Rohan subplot over and over again. Mm. Fortunately, she is a kick-ass warrior on a heroic, epic journey of her own. Dave, you didn't mention her ending. Uh, is there one in Sparks Three? <laughs> okay, here's a question about Sparks Three. Is there one in Sparks Three where someone gets healed from the brink of death? Yeah. And gets together with someone who's honorable and available. Here's the thing. <laughs> Faramir. Most of the characters in Sparks yeah. are spayed or neutered. So they are not going to get together. There's no getting together. Okay. With anybody. Oh, that's too bad. They, um, are, fr- they are friends. Yeah. You know, it's possible. I'm trying to think. Does anyone? Is there anyone who would potentially get together? <sighs> I, was in hoping, there? I was hoping for some ferocious coupling in uh, Sparks Three, but I guess I guess that Does hope goes out the window. Does someone get healed from the brink of death? Uh, I would say someone. Yes, there is someone who does get healed. Okay, so someone does get healed. Yes. Do they get together with someone who's honorable and available? They do get together in a friendship with someone who's honorable. Yes. That's true. And available, no, because of the <laughs> neutering. Okay. Ian, uh, you uh, quipped that uh, superpowers in The Incredibles must have been a result of some kind of Tuscany airman experimentation. Well, I sound like an idiot. Uh, I guess you meant Tuskegee. 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 I think it's Tuskegee. Tuskegee. That's where you are. There you got it right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but I like what you said better. It conjures up <laughs> images of tunes being force-fed radioactive pasta in a villa uh, being renovated uh, by uh, Diane Lane. Yeah. Uh, thank you for taking the high road on that and not, uh, not uh, no. coming at me too hard on that. Oh, boy. Why did what you a say, schmuck. What did you say about that? What, what was the context of you bringing up the Tuskegee Tusk- Airman? I was saying, I was saying that uh, Frozone... Uh, how he got his powers uh, could have been ex- governmental uh, ex- government experimentation. So I was saying it could have been a situation, uh, you know, where you know he was an African American gentleman, and so they could experiment on him because it was back in the day when uh, America was horrible, and they did a thing, and then he went, "Oh, this guy's got freezy powers," and so he. Uh, I see. Okay. Up, so that's where that was from. I, I, um, 
And uh, Edward Dragansky re replies to Louise, the Hildebrandt uh, brothers' art was amazing uh, all those years ago. It's how I envisioned the characters way before the Jackson films were released. At some point around 85 or so, the original Hildebrandt paintings were on display at a nearby gallery. They were so huge. The largest was probably at least seven feet wide on one wall. Unbelievable work. That sounds that sounds very cool. That's amazing. Seven feet. Yeah, that's it's kind of like walking into the Louvre and seeing the David paintings. And they're like a full wall. Of, yeah, uh, you know how long that is? That is about as long as a Polaris sub. <laughs> full wall? That's how they would measure it. No, uh, seven feet. Oh, seven, seven feet. foot long yeah, Polaris foot sub. Line. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. now how much would you pay for the Hildebrand, uh, knowing that it was seven feet long and you could make a submarine out of it? Now how much would you pay? <laughs> $10, I'd say. That's at least two more dollars value. Because <laughs> you can look at it and make a submarine out of it. But I can't talk because Edward wrote us twice. So uh, oh. twice more. So I got to I gotta get back to Okay, Edward. get back to that. Uh, I guess my two dogs and two cats are pretty much normal, and nothing too weird comes comes of them. My older cat, uh, Mr. Jinx, does yowl uh, extremely loud when he wants something, but that's normal. Uh, I suppose if my four pets ever decided to unionize and rebel against me, it's 16 furry feet versus my two, so I just gave them what they want. They rule the place. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, I was a John Byrne fanatic as a teen. Mm. Uh, by way of Jack Kirby and the Fantastic Four, Byrne's art had a similar style that drew me closely to them, very similar to, to Jack Kirby, especially his early stuff. Earlier, I was a George Perez Avengers fan when I saw that the Beast was crossing over into X-Men, so I picked that issue up. I knew of the older X-Men from the 60s, but these guys looked amazing. I guess I was instantly taken by the Claremont, Byrne, Austin X-Men books from that point on, mostly because of Byrne's art. We were comic fans about the same time, Edward, I think. Yeah, really? I start to like I have a very strong memory of that crossover issue with the beast uh, showing up at the um, traveling circus and they're all uh, tied up and uh, it's uh, I want to say Mentos but that's a mint but it was uh, <laughs> whoever that guy was controlling their minds but it was really good it was the one where like uh, Wolverine's all chained up and he's like oh I don't remember who he is but he never does and then he breaks the chains just from force of will wow. good for him I don't remember um, that story, but I definitely, so I definitely loved um, John Byrne's art. I liked, I really liked the stuff on the Fantastic Four as well. I thought his, hit the shock when he made uh, Sue Storm's hair short. I, mm. What a what a storm there was a, a storm in a teapot over that. that uh, yeah, they would cut uh, they would cut ladies' hair uh, short. That was the thing they do. Was <laughs> it a disempowering thing? Was it? I don't know, but they did it with uh, Storm as well. I think it was kind of like a new wave thing, like to kind of make the character kind of catch up to the eighties. You know, a different sure. Kind of make them Jeez. more stylish. Probably also sell a new toy. Mm, yeah, sure. I was instantly taken uh, by you know the work because of Burns art. X Men led to, led to whatever else Burn did. Fantastic Four, Iron Fist, The Champions. Only two issues though, of that I think. Uh, Hulk, She Hulk, Spider Man, Submariner. Uh, then my best friend and I discovered Frank Miller's Daredevil, and I went through the same thing all over again, scrambling to buy all the back issues so I had the complete stories. This was a real uh, this was real comic collecting back then. Uh, to buy that one issue that linked a bunch of newer issues to a mm. bunch of older issues. Yeah. yeah, to finally sit down and uh, and uh, read the entire story. For this sure. was all before I worked at uh, Lone Star Comics. Shortly after I started there, we got a new store manager who was an Alan Moore fan. He described reading X-Men and Spider-Man. I was like sitting down at the kids' table during Thanksgiving. Uh, wow, that sounds like you uh, had my friend David. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> reading more was like an invite to sit at the grown-up table. Uh, thanks to him, my taste changed uh, to some of the more independent comic creators like Dave Sim, Paul Chadwick. But at this point, I was reading literally everything because it was uh, my job, and I had hours to burn in a comic store. Best job ever. Huh. Yeah, I, I clearly remember like buying a stack of comics, and you pulled the Alan Moore one aside, and you pulled the uh, New Mutants aside, which was Bill Sienkiewicz's artwork. Yeah. And you went, these are good. <laughs> I, these, did I did these that. These two, these two are good. Oh, well, I was right. I was right. You pointed out like the ending of the uh, of the uh, Swamp Thing story, and it was like uh, where uh, the character Matthew was about to possess somebody, and it was in a it was in a uh, car accident, and then he took him over, and he was driving, and the end line was like a needs must as the devil drives. And he went, "That's a literary reference, and that's great." <laughs> and you're like, this is why this is good. And I was like, okay, this one. I still like Spider-Man. And he went, oh, yeah? Well, I'd like to see a good Spider-Man movie one day. Yeah, you can see that. This is not very... This is sort of accurate, but I, I, yeah. I also I also read Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and X-Men and other things. I mostly read them on Ian's back, though. I know, not, not literally, but I he, he would lend me the comics. So he spent the money. I did the reading. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that, Ian. But I did no go problem. through the collecting thing, you know, like... Cause the, I collected all of American flag, all the all the Howard Shaken American flags. Um, I went back and you know bought back issues and searched up and down to find all those, and then also with uh, Nexus as well because I love Nexus, and so I I own all the Nexus books, including the the first black and white ones and, and the one with the the floppy record in it as well, so you can listen to people poorly act out the story of Nexus, mm-hmm. and uh, so those those are kind of interesting. Yeah, so yeah, collecting. I'm a I'm a maniac. What can I say? Oh, and also all the the uh, Warren Spirits as well. Those were great co- uh, magazines. Mm-hmm. All those Warren Spirit magazines. And then yeah, I wasn't, Kitchen Sink I wasn't, took over, but the, they originally started with Warren. I didn't like the violence as much in the um, in the in, in Nexus, but I did like the art a lot. But it yeah. was just like a lot of uh, a lot of killing and ethical, you know, things about just like should I murder this? That's my job. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. uh, I really love the design. And, uh, and and the art, and I got to uh, do a signing next to Steve Rude for mm. about three days, and so I got to know him, mm. and uh, that was really really cool. Yeah, I love I love his style. He did a yeah, Superman style. versus the Hulk comic a couple of, I want to say a couple of years ago, probably like might be twenty years ago now. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, uh, but it was beautiful, beautiful painted book. So mm. so good, so good. Mm. Um, Edward uh, goes on. Oh, does Edward go on uh, to say? <laughs> On the subject of Stargirl, oh, yeah. I want to like this show, and I hope it leads to more about the Injustice Society. Even though I uh, don't have the bandwidth or attention span to watch all of the CW, DC Universe stuff, I would make time to watch a damn Justice Society show. <laughs> it's right under your noses, guys, but I'm afraid she's just going to turn her young friends into the next generation of JSA heroes. Wake me when it's over. That seems like what is going down right now. Um, you talked about, though it was more interesting seeing her actually do that than just like do nothing, which is really what has happened the last couple of episodes. What are you doing, guys? Um, <laughs> you talked about how we Americans talk and yell at the movie screen when we're engaged in a good film. My buddy Sean, who lived in Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, said this was all too true there. For example, I remember him telling me that he went to watch Watchmen in 2009 and Dr. Manhattan was introduced. Some guy in the front row in front of him cried, that blue guy's naked. 
and the whole theater rolled with laughter. Um, and lastly, O-H-L-H-M-S-S is uh, really great. It was longer to say that than it was to say Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, was a really great 007 film, and it took me years to see it on television. I remember my dad, who read the earlier Ian Fleming books, uh, was extremely disappointed in the 67 Casino Royale, except for the soundtrack, and was so happy to see Honor Majesty's Secret Service when it premiered in 1969. Uh, Dad really wasn't tied to one bond and welcomed Lazenby's role only because it was more in line with the books than Casino Royale was. He wanted a good story. Yeah, when you have Woody Allen as the villain, uh, it's probably not dead on with the books. Um, <laughs> fast forward uh, to many years later when Daniel Craig did his version of Casino Royale, which, as my dad said, was good enough to erase that 67 version out of my mind. Uh, I remember the only thing on television my dad would allow me to stay up late and watch was when ABC ran 007 movies on late Sunday nights. Uh, when Our Majesty's Secret Service finally was broadcast, I think it was one of the two 007 films I still hadn't seen, but I liked it a lot. It's just different in a way that I feel it relies on sex appeal or star power to present. It doesn't feel like it relies on sex appeal or star power to present itself. I wonder what it would have been like had Lazenby stayed with the Bond role into the 70s. Let's also not forget the theme song by the great Louis Armstrong, We Have All the Time in the World. So great when mixed with Barry's score. So yeah. There we go. It's a, um, it's a now, good movie. There you go. If you don't weaken. Um, Chris <laughs> Roberts writes, and is our final letter on the page. I don't um, think so. On, oh, no. On the page. Okay. On the, uh, on the Sneaky Dragon page. Okay. There could be letter letters. No, no, no. That's your business. Okay, uh, you just read that letter, and then I, then I will, I will, uh, I will intervene. Very good. Please do. All it's right. good for me to have an intervention every so often. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, we used to have a pet Labrador, Rosie, who was a fantastic. Uh, I did say it was Chris Roberts, right? It's Chris Roberts. It's Chris Roberts, uh, we everyone. Have, we did. We did. Uh, used to have a pet Labrador, Rosie, who was a fantastic diver. Mm. Uh, whether at the beach, a river, or yes, a walk. <laughs> if you threw a stick or ball in, she would take a good run and launch yeah. herself through the air like crypto, entering the water smoothly. Oh, wow. It was a sight that uh, caused passerbys to stop and take pictures and film her. <laughs> she was really strong, would often swim 50 or 60 meters across the fast-flowing river Ness when I crossed a footbridge above her and met her on the other side. Uh, my favorite author as a teen is a tough one. I mean, when I was 12, I loved Charles Schultz and Gossany and Underzo. But by the time I was 19, my taste had expanded to Hemingway, Chandler, and Thurber, and Charles Schultz and Gossany and Underzo. <laughs> I had a science fiction phase, a fantasy phase, and read all the James Joyce and William Goldman I could find, including The Princess Bride, years before the movie. You might like a certain episode of Fansplainers we just did. Uh, <laughs> if I have to pick one, though, it would be Kurt Vonnegut. I started with Breakfast of Champions, which was uh, then newly published, and eagerly worked through his backlist, marveling at the humor, the inventiveness, and the humanity. From that point on, I snapped up each new book as soon as it came out, just like you would a favorite band. Dave, intervene! So, uh, there's a comment in episode 444 that's a new one that you should okay. uh, read out from, from our friend Jada. Okay, did that just come up just now? Uh, it came a few days ago. Oh, weird. Why am I not seeing that? Unless, oh, do, is this a letter? Or no, no, it it's a it's a comment. It might have just it might have oh, just been. Okay. I think I think only five comments show at a time, so it might it might be from other people's comments. Might have uh, 
Okay, one second. I'm trying down the list. to. I'm let me just let me just say that uh, Kurt Vonnegut, yes, is a favorite of mine as well. In grade ten, I I took a class with uh, Mr. Tipple, very good English teacher at school. Uh, other 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 problem, other things about him, notwithstanding. Yep, problematic. Uh, yeah. He did a. Uh, what do you say? Sorry. Uh, yeah, problematic. Keep <laughs> yeah, going. Yes. yes, but he did a he taught a course uh, called dystopian literature, and in that class we read the Chrysalids, which I think was on the. Uh, reading list for schools and then but we also read Kurt Vonnegut's The Player Piano in cl- the class and and that was a very good book I, I, I really liked it and then the other great thing about the class was that you got extra point extra marks for reading extra books and so he had like a box of books and he had some Vonnegut in there and he had some other John Wyndham books who wrote The Chrysalids and so I you know I read Day of the Triffids and The, the Kraken Awakes and then I read all this all this Vonnegut and I just went like on this huge Vonnegut tear I read you know I read um just everything I could find by him at that at that time I read read him for quite a while I think sometime in my early 20s I kind of reached a saturation point with him though where I kind of found his writing ticks were like kind of becoming too expected or, or almost like cliched for me. So I, I stopped enjoying him. So at mm. some point I, I did, I did uh, not carry on. I think around like Dead Eye Dick or something like that. One of those books like that. And I just kind of, I was kind of like, nah, I'm done. Although I did read, I did read the uh, Sirens of Titan after that point, but that was an earlier book. But yeah, yeah. Mary went through a, a Kurt Vonnegut phase as well. She's a big fan of his because I made her read him. <laughs> what a dad. So- so uh, here's the thing. Yep. I keep clicking on uh, J.J. Jackman's entry. Yeah. Nothing comes up. Oh. So I would say go to that. I've tried it now on a couple of computers and on my phone. Yeah. And uh, it is not there on my computer. Oh, so could you try it and see what happens with you? Well, here, I'll just read it. and I'll. I'll... Oh, you've got it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if, if necessary, I'll go and see if I can fix what happened. But uh... Okay. I didn't realize it didn't show up. So it says, um, hello, Dave. Oh, no, let me read the other one. This, she sent two of them. One she... One she um, I'm sorry about this, Jada. I don't know what went wrong there. Well, let me just do that again. This one here. Okay, here we go. This was the actual version. She says, hello, Dave and Ian. I had a whirlwind of a week last week with the protests in America and then losing my power for three days straight. Oh, jeez. But last episode... Yeah, that's a long time to have no power. That happened to us one time. When a bird flew into the uh, power box. But last episode, you asked if you were saying my name right. And don't worry, you are. Jade Da. Jada. I don't okay. think a lot of people here would relate to me on this one. But as a teen girl growing up in the 21st century, I loved reading YA novels. I really enjoyed John Green's books. He often makes commentary about typical YA structure and its end it subverts your expectations, which is very exciting to read as a teen. Also, I must say I got a kick out of those KTEL commercials, especially <laughs> the record one. The fact they call it a space-age design really made me laugh. When you were discussing it on the podcast, I imagined a jukebox-type design, not a glorified file folder. And the fact that it's so slow doesn't really seem useful to me. There we go. Yes, Jada, YA novels. Well, I grew up in a family of well, with a daughter who is a and my wife Lisa, who they're both real readers. Eve is not such a reader. She does read books, but she's she's not what you would describe as a reader, like a you know, like like a voracious sit in a chair until you finish a book reader, like myself, Marion, and Lisa are. 
And uh, Mary went through her YA time with all. She read, you know, The Stars in Her Eyes, whatever it's called, the John, the John Green book. Is that what it's called? The Stars in Her Eyes? I can't what it's called now. And then... Uh, uh, no, but yeah. The, st- yeah. the stars uh, are something. I, the stars are doing something to something. I knew, doing... I knew before you said that. Oh, yes. did I destroy it for you? I'm sorry. That's okay. The stars are in our soul and the eyes and... The yeah, things. yeah. They're doing something. And then... Yeah. Uh, but she, yeah, Mary went through uh, many different phases of... of different authors she loved she loved uh scott westenberg i think his name is who did like the uglies and the pretties in those books and then she tamora pierce and her novels she just uh, those were kind of more fantasy novels um she loved uh oh, i can't remember what they're called now i'm sorry but uh yeah she just loved all those all those books um and and yeah she still she still kind of dips into ya a little bit she still loves fantasy though and still reads a lot of fantasy novels and i think yeah so that it's all, all over there. But, you know, you, you go through your phases as a reader. And uh, and especially, I know that um, maybe Jada has gone through this. I know that with, with, with Lisa and with Mary, when they were going through university, you know, it was just so mind-frying that eventually they got to the point where they could just read books that they'd read when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it was just kind of like, you know, sort of, I don't want to call it chicken soup for the soul kind of thing, where you're just kind of reading something that's very comforting and, and just kind of, lets your mind rest rather than challenges it because you've you know you're just school is constantly challenging you and you're constantly to think and write and write essays and read complicated books and textbooks and things and it's just nice just to be able to relax with something that's familiar and comforting it kind of like a book that's like a big old comforter that you can pull up around yourself you know so that's that's all i will say about ya novels but there we go i will check and see why that is not on the website that's very strange because i did approve it I approved it, so it should be there. Okay, no, no, I see it. I see it listed. It just uh, when you click on it, it doesn't show up. Hmm. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we will sort that uh, that out and find and find out. But we do appreciate that. Here's a weird little bit of trivia that I'm as we're heading into my voice completely shorting out, um, <laughs> because I had I had this thing open about the Sherman Bears, and it was like uh, who was the it was like do you want to know the voices of the Sherman Bears? Yeah, all right. Click and then the thing that was interesting about that was the guy who is the the main bear, the first bear, the bear that started it all, um, is also uh, in the in the band Rockapella, and Rockapella yeah. is the band that used to perform in the on the TV show Where is the World Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, and he was the bass guy. Like if you remember anyone from Rockapella, and you don't. But if you did, you'd remember the bass guy. Okay. He was the cool guy. Yeah. And he is also the voice of the Charmin Bear. So uh, there is probably six people listening to this right now that found that interesting. But the people <laughs> that did found it very interesting. Oh, that's good. I'm glad they found it very interesting. Yeah. No one else did, but it, but they did. You know why? What's that? It was very interesting. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Sorry. Reiterating the the question of the week, which is, uh, did you get anything from a, a comic book or magazine, or order anything? Do you have uh, Do you have any other um, uh, questions for these nice people? I got a dumb one loaded up. If you don't, so you could actually have a good one right now. You have a dumb one loaded up. Um, I got a dumb one loaded up. So yours was. Have you ordered anything? Uh, how about yeah. How about no, I can't really think of anything. So I had an idea earlier, but now it's gone to my head. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, my dumb one loaded up is, uh, who's your favorite mascot? Who's your favorite mascot? Like a character that sells things on TV. Oh, my God, that is so dumb. It's the dumbest one. That's not dumb. Mine, that's, that's a good question. 
Mine is. I like it. Yeah, what's yours? I think Tony the Tiger, because mm. he's been through so much of a journey, and uh, I like that he's a family <laughs> man. I like that he's got a son who like right. sells uh, frosted rice. Yeah. I like that now he's a surrogate dad. It feels like his son's gone off to college, and now he's like a surrogate dad to kids who need help with athletics. I like that back when it was 1974, it was the year of the tiger. They would like uh, carry him around like a king, and he just like sucked it all in. Like he clearly is the lord of all Kellogg's characters. Like, yeah. like, like Toucan Sam has to run shit by Tony Tiger if he wants to like get anything done. And like even Snap, Crackle, and Pop, if they were one being, they would have authority. But the three of them split their authority. So like Tony is is clearly the one running absolutely everything. <laughs> so I like uh, I like Tony the Tiger very much. Cool. Also, he's the voice uh, who sings the Grinch song as well. That's true. Thorl Ravenscroft. Yeah. Uh, and when I found that out, I liked him even more. I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> yes, I guess. Uh, and I, I wondered why he Grinch wasn't credited. But apparently it was just accidentally left off the credits. They just accidentally mm. left him out. It's very strange. It's unfortunate, of course. Yeah, because more people would know who Thorl Ravenscroft was because everyone on Earth has seen, has, has, has seen that, uh, that thing. You know what I yeah, mean? So, yeah, it sounds like the birds are getting angrier at you. By the way, there's no birds. No, there's birds in the background right now. I hear the. Chip, 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 chip. Yeah, honestly, there's, there's birds no It's raining here, so there's no birds. Okay, I'm hearing. I'm hearing birds. Oh, that's weird. I'm All right, here. listen. Let me ask anyone out out there. Is anyone else hearing birds? Anyone? Because there's no birds outside of my 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 place here. Are there ghost birds on our show? <laughs> maybe Holy it's shit. maybe it's your uh, headphones or something that you're wearing is, is picking up some sort right, of. Well, let's, why don't we Why don't we ask our, our listeners? Are you guys hearing birds, or is it just me? Did someone hit me on the head in an old timey 1940s tune? And do I have birds circling my head? Because I would not be surprised. Uh, that that is the next stage of lockdown uh, brain. It's <laughs> You're hearing? Yeah, no, I, I don't hear. Okay. I don't hear anything. Fair enough. Okay. Then uh, then I'm going to turn things back over to you anyway, because I'm clearly, uh, you know, clearly, clearly. Pro- oh, by the way, uh, uh, what did uh, what did Thurl Ravenscroft do uh, over at Disneyland? Oh, he provided a voice at Disneyland, or he did some stuff for Disneyland. Yeah, he, did, he's in, yeah, he provided. A did voice he do at Disneyland. stuff for the Bear Country Jamboree? Yes, there's one thing he did. Absolutely. Okay. Did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's had... also also in the Haunted Mansion. He is a singing bust. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, cool. he's uh, in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. He's in not the Disneyland. Any, not anymore. Oh, he's not. Not anymore. He's not. Uh, I don't know. They I, they took out all the voice. They took out all the voice. The original voices from that when I was there last time. Okay. And replaced them with with voices from the movies. Oh, it's very yeah. it's very sad and upsetting to me, but that's what they did. I am very sorry about that. He also used to be on the Jack Benny show. He's also on the Jack Benny show, yeah. yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, he oh. used to be on the Jack Benny program. Cool. Play, I wonder what, what, what his character was. So, I wonder what his character yeah. was. I wonder what his character was on there. Interesting. Oh, he also he uh, is in uh, Pinocchio, uh, where they say, "Oh no, yeah they uh, they cut they cut his song though. They sang a song. Uh, he sang a song called Honest John in Pinocchio." But it got cut from the film. Uh, but in the in the 2009 DVD, they put it back. And he's the he's the whale. That's who he is. Okay, he's the he's Monstro. Oh, okay. As well, yeah. At Disneyland or at uh, in the movie? In the in the movie. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. It there is a. I watched um 
I watched a version of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas that had some bonus materials. And one of them was an interview with Thorol Ravenscroft. And he was quite oh. a, he was quite a distinguished looking gentleman. He had a very very nice mustache. Very very nice mustache. And he was yeah. kind of thin. He was a thin he looked like he was thin and tall, but he had this very nice big must, bushy mustache that was very and he was of course uh, at that point in his life he was a silver fox because he was he was mm. quite a bit older obviously because this was well after well after that time period but I'm surprised he must have been very young when he did Monstro because he was still alive for a DVD version of The Grinch so that's, that's oh here's a little here's a little trivia for you too okay what did he what did he do for the Peanuts he sang a famous song in the Peanuts cartoons really yes did he sing Joe Cool. He did not sing Joe Cool. Okay. No, it was actually from one of the movies. Oh, the movies. Okay. Yes. You know what? I'm actually less familiar with the films. I don't even know if I've seen all of the Charlie, the Charlie Brown movies, okay. actually. Uh, he In uh, Snoopy Come Home, okay. he sang the No Dogs Allowed song. Oh, okay. No dogs allowed. You're <laughs> not our crowd. No dogs allowed. Yep. Oh. I, I don't know that song, actually. Mm-hmm. Shows what okay. I know. Here is here's the uh, here's just one more dumb bit of trivia. Because okay. uh, you know, listen, I'm, uh, I'm I'm running out of voice here. Sure. His big dream that he wanted to do, yep. was to record the entire Bible. What? That's what he wanted to do. But yeah, but he got beat out of the gig. Yeah. By James Earl Jones. Hmm. Is a slight, but, he's also an impressive voiced fellow. He's a very impressive voiced fellow. Now here's a weird bit of trivia. Okay. He ended up replacing James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader on something. Do you have any guess? And let me say, it's stupid. Like he <laughs> was the voice of Darth Vader yeah. in something very dumb that uh, James Earl Jones turned down. He was a voice. Oh, he was in the Christmas episode? Worse. The Christmas episode is still is is on a higher uh, uh, flank than the Donnie and Marie Star Wars episode. Oh, but okay. he is the voice of Darth Vader in the Donnie and Marie Star oh, Wars episode. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So there we are. What a uh, what a gun for hire. Yep. Is the sign of a man. <laughs> yep. He's also in he's also in Dumbo uh, singing uh, Pink Elephants on Parade. Oh, really? Yep. Jeez. I'm going to I think Dumbo is on uh, Disney Plus. I'll have to give it a, a look, a look see. Please do. It's been a while since I saw that movie. Yep. All we'll right. do uh, we'll do our we'll do a tribute to him on uh, a thir- on our thorough Ra- Ravenscroft podcast. Yes. It'll yes. Be, thoroughly, really thoroughly thorough. Yeah, we'll do a nice deep uh, dive yeah. so, on his whole career. Sure. So tune into Thoroughly Thorough, everyone. That will be coming out quite soon, and a, a new sidecast from your friends at Sneaky Dragon. And. Absolutely. If you'd like to write to us in excitement at the idea, the mere idea of us doing Thoroughly Thoral, please do so in the following ways. Did you know that we have a Contact Us page on the website? If you go there, you will find all the ways you can contact us. There's even like a little linky thing that if you click on, it will open up your email so you can write an email to us. Our email address is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. You will find our snail mail address there as well. You will find a link to our uh, Facebook page, which is Sneaky Dragon. You will find a little linky linky thing to our Twitter feed, which is Sneaky underscore Dragon. These are all ways that you can talk to us and get us to like go like. That's what we'll do. We'll go like on things that you tell us. <laughs> and that means that we read it and we appreciated it. And we said, I like that. I like you for writing to us. And I like what you said. 
like. So there you go, everyone. So please do write to us. And don't forget that we are only five shows, only five shows away from our fantastic, colossal, gargantuan listeners' questions episode, which will be episode 450. You are welcome to write in all the questions you'd like to write to us. And remember that each question is worth one ticket in our fantastic uh, grand prize draw that will occur at the end of the question episode. We will reach into the prize pants, pull out, possibly pull out your name, and you will win a shirt, a mug, some buttons, uh, a bumper sticker, and some other things that we can will think of later to throw into the box. And uh, and also, if you do send us a question, please include your your address, and I will mail you a bumper sticker for participating. If you do not win the grand prize, you still get something for your troubles. And we appreciate your care in writing to us. And please for, don't forget there's no such thing as a dumb question because we just love the questions and we love to answer them. And of course, they just send us off into our usual whirlwind of nonsense. So yeah. it all works out no matter what happens. So it's great. And uh, that is that, everyone. We do appreciate your kind attention. We uh, think highly of you, and we hope that you're all doing well through this uh, particular time in, in the world's history where things are going askew slightly. So uh, take care, be safe, be cautious, and let's get, all, let's get through this all together, and we'll come at the other end and we'll go, for you. So there we go. Exactly. And let's also remember the Thurl Ravenscroft was also in the Brave Little Toaster trilogy as the vacuum cleaner. There we go. <laughs> There we go. Just a little tidbit from our upcoming podcast, sidecast, I should say, Thoroughly Thorough. The world of Thorough. <laughs> the world of, it's, but it's Thorough, right? Thorough Ravenscroft. The world of Thorough. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to fight out who's, whose title is going to take this, but, but I have a feeling it's mine. Uh, so, everyone, thank you for listening. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.